Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Personnel and Public Employees Committee meeting, and this is a special one, so thank you to all staff uh, for participating. I'd like to call the meeting to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum? Thank you. Councilmember Lalowy? Here. Councilmember Maple? Here. Councilmember Valenzuela? Here. And Chair Kaplan? Here, we have a quorum. Councilmember Lalowy, would you mind uh, reciting the, flag, uh, the, uh, the land acknowledgement and the pledge, please? Please rise for the opening acknowledgement in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisin people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains, Miwok, Tatwin, Wenton, peoples and the people of Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in an active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contribution, and lives. Thank you. Let's keep standing. Pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. All right, let's get this fun meeting going. Um, for members of the public and chambers or those, if you wish to speak on an agenda item, please fill out a speaker slip, which can be found at the back of the room. For members of the public joining us online, who wish to speak, please raise your hand to provide public comment when I confirm that the public comment speaking period uh, is up on your desired item. If you are online, click raise hand at the bottom of your screen. On a mobile app, uh, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option under the more tab. And if you are on a telephone and you are calling in to raise your hand, dial star nine. Then to unmute or mute, dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their phone number. And members of the public will have two minutes to speak once you're called on. We will now go into uh, day's agenda. And we don't have any consent items. So we are going to go right in today. Um, and I want to set a little bit of a basis uh, as we move forward because this is uh, a special meeting and I really want to thank the indulgence of my uh, committee members and actually congratulate us for getting this far. Um, you know, we all know my background being a school board member for 20 years. This is normal. Governance, evaluations, uh, process is normal. And I love that we're moving forward uh, with that process here at City Council with all of our, our charter members. Um, I know sometimes evaluations new may be uncomfortable, uh, frustrating or disappointing, but I believe um, that we should create a model that is a best practices, um, something that is thoughtful, a deliberative process that reflects the importance of um, one, the priorities of our city council, but two, um, the importance of staff and creating an honest and open dialogue with our staff. Um, you know, I believe there are tons of benefits when we open the dialogue and we understand what our goals and what we're being evaluated on. It really creates a quality performance review process, and that's where I'm trying to get us. Um, we know increasingly the public demands greater accountability, 
as well as we've got social media media scrutiny that dictates, you know, we as council members be prepared to defend if we give raises and why um, better than they're doing a great job. Uh, and that's what we're here today um, because they're, the public is interested in, in the why. And I like to give us the opportunity to create objective standards for that why. As we move forward, um, I believe in creating a relationship of trust and support. We as council members working with our city manager and our charter officers, this is a time for honest dialogue of what is being accomplished, the gaps that may exist, and how we can maintain progress. You know, good relationships promote candor and constructive planning. This is hard, this is not easy, but I am always a fan of discussing what we can do better because we have the foundation of a phenomenal city and there are always things we can improve on. Remember, common challenges that I hope as we move forward we avoid, um, that we don't just start this, but we continue the process of evaluations. I think failure to do evaluations cause a lot of questions, and then we may not be on the same level of how do we move this, uh, basically, city forward. So what is uh, an evaluation for those who may be watching in public? You know, this is not always something city council members are trained at. Um, you know, we don't get specific training, but an evaluation is the process of planning, reviewing, and providing feedback on the performance of our city manager and city charter officers that we have. It means demonstrating organizational accountability to our citizens, employees, and local stakeholders. It means maintaining alignment between the city council goals and the achievements attained. It means determining the need for future professional development, education, or training for any one of our managers or city officers. And it's an element of decision regarding future compensation. Because an evaluation looks at the what, the technical, what do they do, as well as the how and behavioral. So um, one of the things I look at that I was looking up, what are some core effective local government leadership and management things we have to look at? Staff effectiveness, policy facilitation, functional and operational expertise and planning, performance measurements, initiative, risk-taking, vision, creativity, technological literacy, I will fail that any time, just by the way, um, inclusion, budgeting, financial analysis, human resources, strategic planning, media relations, integrity, professional development are just some of the things we have to look at. So I think it's also important, since we've got six new council members in the last two and a half years, what is the role of city council and why are we doing this at PP&E? Um, our job is to be familiar with all the charter provisions and council policies that define how authority is delegated to the city manager and charter officers and how to properly monitor it. The city manager's role or charter officer roles, his or her authority and accountability, constraints on their authority, which establish the practical, ethical, and legal boundaries, which within all staff activity and decision making will take place and be monitored and what the council intends for the city to achieve. It is also our obligation to review and discuss the performance instrument that is to be used when um, we are evaluating our city uh, charter officers and our city manager to ensure it meets the needs of both parties. We have to schedule to agree upon the frequency performance reviews, providing at least an annual review of the manager's performance and achievements. We also have to look at maintaining a balance of support and trust with the relationship of accountability 
with all of our charter officers and city manager. Because based on the results of the comprehensive annual review, then we as a city have direction. We can determine the needs for any uh, further professional development, education, training, and adjust the compensation accordingly. It streamlines our city goals, what we wish to accomplish, and where we want to go. So we are now at the it comes before us, and this is the first step. Um, I think that as we, um, this was first started, and I would be remiss if I did not thank former council member Larry Carr, who really set up the established process um, in how each uh, charter officer, what are their roles, what are their duties, um, and you see all of that in each of their um, supplement submittals or their submittals that were brought forth for us to, to consider. Um, you know, if you, if you really want to dig in deep, it was adopted by the City Council in June 2018, so look at the resolutions in June um, from all of that. Uh, hard work coming forward. One of the things I would uh, want my uh, fellow committee members to consider, right now we currently have an evaluation process based off of when they get hired. I would like to propose to somewhat streamline it that it looks at uh, not when you're hired, but some at some point it, they begin uh, end of June, July, after the budget is passed. Because if you actually read through our beautiful budget, it goes through and details what each department, which uh, each charter officer does, and how they look at their budget. And I think streamlining their goals and responsibilities also along with their budget help prepare us as we look forward to the next year and as we build the next year's budget. So I would like it to be we start the evaluation process for everybody after the budget is passed, but kind of like summer months time, the June, July, August. Um, I would like to, because I know a couple of our, our uh, charter officers uh, were going to have a resolution presented to city council for adoption. And um, it, we can't necessarily, we can look back a little bit, but we as a council didn't necessarily adopt how we're going to evaluate. Doesn't mean that we're not going to evaluate, but it means going forward. So I'd like uh, for us to look at salary increases to be based on the CPI for local and state government. And that resolution also states that for this year, that the COLA is um, based on the CPI, but is no greater than 5%. And if there is a charter officer that wishes to have above a 5%, that is something that they need to come and pitch their case to each of us um, within closed session through the negotiation process. Um, I would like that to be something because CPI also, there could be, you know, a point two CPI. Um, and if uh, an officer believes they should get more, then that's where they come into closed session. But it set, sets a base of a step in column. But also, uh, I believe the limit should be at 5%. But I also understanding this year that I know inflation says potentially it's 8%. I don't believe in the automatic rollover. I like the hard 5%, and if you want above 5%, you have to come in and, and talk to council in closed session. Um, but those are kind of like the base standards. I hope that uh, the rest of my colleagues are okay with it that we can bring forward um, to City Hall. But I wanted to just kind of set the stage of what we're doing and why um, so that we can all be aligned as we move forward. Are there any questions, comments on, on those items? Councilmember Valenzuela. 
Thank you, Chair, and thank you for setting the base. It's been a couple weeks since we've had a meeting, so I appreciate the reflection on why we're here today and what we're doing, and appreciate everybody coming. Um, I think for me, and I just as because you brought up salary increases, um, I know, like, and I'll just state this for the record, I think it should be based on the increases for subordinate employees underneath that individual. I know several of our charter officers have advocated in the past for different levels of increase for staff, and I think that would probably be a more appropriate benchmark is whatever your employees got, you get, but um, that's just my two cents. Okay, and we can I absolutely- appreciate the thoughtfulness around setting a standard because I think that is great rather than just sort of pulling numbers out of what we think makes sense. Absolutely, and you know, uh, just for the members of the public, salary discussions generally happen in closed session as they're related to individuals, but this is kind of looking at an overall standard, so we're not actually negotiating right now. Uh, Vice Chair. Thank you, Chair. Um, I just want to say that I really appreciate this process. I think it's, uh, I, mean, I think it makes a lot of sense to have uh, a consistent process that, that everybody goes through and that you can, you know, base your own decisions upon and, and count on every year. I also really love the idea of doing it at the same time and having that be based around the budget. I know it can be a little complicated when people have their different contracts and times that, that, that and sometimes those can get pushed, pushed back because we have a really busy schedule. Um, and so, I think it, it will benefit all of us and all of you to have something that is consistent that you can count on every single year. You know when it's coming and you can plan for it. So I just wanted to register those two comments. Thank you. Well, um, as we move on, just preparing my, my colleagues, the next uh, couple of meetings I've asked our clerk to set aside two hours because we've got a lot of stuff we've got to work through or the mayor dumped a lot of stuff on this committee's lap. So we're going we're gonna to work through it. <laughs> but as we get started, I would like to start with our city attorney, and which I have to say thank you to all of our charter officer staff, who have, everyone who is here. I think this is excellent uh, and such a way to be transparent so that members of the public actually know what each of our charter officers do, and we have something documented and online. Um, maybe it makes me a geek because I'm setting up policies and processes, but I think this is really helpful. And uh, Madam City Attorney? Yes, good morning. And your geekdom is not lost on the whole group of lawyers. You know, we love, we love geekdom. We love, we love for geekdom. Anyways, uh, so I get to kick off this inaugural review process. Um, for council appointees, obviously, it's not just charter officers. You also have Dr. Watson and... Michelle Dozier, I believe. Okay. Yes, she is. So uh, in your packet, I've got materials submitted for our office. Um, there, there's five components to it. Um, before I start talking about them, I, I want to give a shout out to my fellow charter officer, Mindy Cuppy. Um, just like Lambert Davis, I don't think we pay her enough. <laughs> and um, she's often uh, not, not uh, held out for all the work that she does. And she has marshaled this group of unruly council appointees through this process since last year. <laughs> and when we weren't paying attention, she was paying attention for us and she was making sure that we knew what we were supposed to do and present it to us. So I have to give that shout out to her because that was a thankless job. You don't know what we're like when it's just the five of us talking, you know, and, and Mindy um, yells at us, so it's good. Um, so, so, <laughs> uh, so you have the agenda report. That's the first part. The second report is a council-required linkage policy um, compliance statement, um, which was council members' car legacy um, action item. The third part is, is our annual report covering the 2022 review period. 
And uh, the number four is the status report on our DEI efforts. And then uh, the fifth part is a report on what I call the professional community engagement, because I don't think you all realize how much our office members actually do out in the community and professional organizations. And so it's an opportunity to give them a bit of a shout out. It's all in there. I know you've all read it, studied it, you know, have questions. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about them, going through each of them. So I just kind of want to hit some of the, the um, more of the highlights. Um, I've actually never found the evaluation process frustrating ever. Uh, the hardest part is getting on your calendar, as Councilmember Maple said. That is the hardest part. So technically, you should have evaluated me in March. So, you know, you're not doing too bad. Last year, I got evaluated in November, so you're doing much better than you did last year. Um, obviously, there's things I cannot share publicly, and I won't. And if you ask me a question, I'll just tell you I can't answer that. There's a lot of things that we do that the public never knows about, but you all know what it is. And um, there's a lot of opinions, memorandums, documents, products that we prepare that the public will never know about. I don't get to defend publicly. I don't get to answer to spurious comments made in social media or newspaper about stuff that we aren't doing or not doing. I get to just know what we do, and you all know what we do. So I do appreciate that you have that uh, awareness of what our office um, does for the city. Um, with that, I think I, I, I felt pressured to put together a PowerPoint presentation. I apologize in advance if there's typos. Can we go to the next slide? Because I did it myself. Um, oh, see, I don't even know how to use this. Like this? Where did I point? Look, so, <laughs> thanks. I got it. I know. <laughs> so, um, my role is established by the city charter, just like the other charter officers. That means the public voted this position in place and said there shall always be a city attorney. Um, this is what city charter section 72 says, and it's really our, our guiding statement for our office. Um, but the city attorney can be a very complex uh, position. It's not easily defined, um, nor is it easily understood. Um, we, we are not lawyers for uh, individual persons. Uh, honestly, we're not even lawyers for individual council members. We're lawyers for the council as a whole because um, collectively, or at least five of you speak for the city. The city is our client. The entity known as the city of Sacramento, the municipal corporation, that is our client. That's who we serve. Um, as a charter office, I'm appointed by the city council and I, I'm an independent direct report. Um, we are part of the city structure, but we also run as a mid-sized law firm. Uh, we are uh, in-house counsel to the city council, the officers, and city department staff. And we're also legal advisors to all your boards and commissions that are subordinate to you. We represent the city in all legal proceedings in state and federal court and, in administ and before administrative bodies such as PERB and other regulatory bodies. We represent the people of the state of California and the, and, the, and the people of the city in our city prosecutor role. And in our city prosecutor role, that must be free of any political influence. That's a decision that falls solely within the discretion of the city attorney. As I said, our client is a public entity in self. Uh, itself, that means that at all times we must zealously protect its legal interests against any legal threat, whether internal or external. We are officers of the court and have independent obligations to, to the judicial process. 
We are licensed by the state of California with stringent professional obligations that are independent of our obligations to the city. So there's a lot of things that we have to, uh, that govern what we do. Um, we have professional ethical requirements every year. We all take classes and we're required to do that to, to meet our license requirements. Um, Chair Kaplan, you're familiar with that. Um, uh, so a lot of this is for the benefit of the non-attorneys. It's just a lot of stuff that regulates what we do as lawyers. Um, we also have a lot of paraprofessionals um, in our office. We have paralegals. We have our um, office administrator. Is Angela? There's Angela. She, I say all the time, she's making sure that we do everything we're supposed to do as far as within the city structure. And um, they're a vital part of the services we provide to the city. Our, our, our um, legal office assistants who during the pandemic, uh, kept us running by checking mail, checking phones, and, and was coming into the office, you know, very, very, very um, professionally taking care of the needs of the day-to-day -day needs of the office to our legal secretaries who frankly make sure that we spell everything correctly, get everything filed. They know more about the court system than I do, um, and our paralegals who do a ton of work for us um, and uh, are very experienced. Um, so there's a bunch of us that make up our office. Um, with regards to our office structure, let me see if I do this. We're made up of five divisions. The administration division, um, which I'll get to later. Um, there's also our community advocacy and public safety division. That's our, it's led by um, Gustavo Martinez. <laughs> uh, there are city prosecutors in this division. They do illegal cannabis enforcement. They also do uh, community prosecution, which means they'll work out in your neighborhoods and they'll t talk to community groups about issues that are um, affecting them. They do health and safety code enforcement. This is where you'll get the receivership actions as well as they work with code, fire, public works, anybody that has an enforcement capacity in their department, Gus's um, team works with them. And they also are, are where our police advisory team um, live. There's currently three lawyers actually that advise the police department and they work under our community, or CAPS division is what we call them. The other division, the next division, is our general counsel and advisory division, led by Jerry Hicks. Um, this is our bread and butter team. <laughs> the city could not run without them. Um, in, in the annual report, you'll see that over the last reporting period, they did 2,500 matters. Um, of those, uh, about almost 1,000 were just matters that came to council for action. So, so these guys review contracts, they prepare documents, they prepare letters, they advise on every aspect of city government. Um, they also staff many of the city's uh, commissions and boards and uh, their legal advisor and work with them. They handle complex items from HR matters, public works matters, utilities, real properties. Our next division is our litigation division, pretty self-explanatory, led by uh, Andre Velasquez, who many of you have seen in closed session. Uh, the city is well served by seasoned litigators that handle the bulk of the city litigation in-house. That's, that's unique to a lot of cities. A lot of cities, our neighboring cities, don't have in-house counsel that do litigation. We have that. That serves us well. First of all, I always say you pay zero <laughs> for your lawyers, right, that are representing the city. But more importantly, we, we know the city. And so it's much easier. We have relationships with city staff. It's much easier to get information and defend the city immediately from the beginning um, when you've got in-house attorneys. Uh, and we take it all the way through trial. We've had a couple of trials, it's in the annual report, um, which are successfully uh, presented by the attorneys. And so that's, that's something that we're able to do. They're, over, they're overworked. During this review period, there were um, 
345 ongoing items of litigation handled, which is an average of about 35 to 40 matters per litigator, which Councilmember Kaplan, you can recognize, that is a lot. That is a lot. We're working hard. We currently have a recruitment right now um, for a senior uh, litigator, and we're hoping to be able to move one of our other attorneys, hopefully, to go help litigation, because we are trying to mentor newer attorneys into these roles to learn alongside our senior litigators um, and, and reduce that caseload. Um, and then our, our final division of strategic projects and research, which is really hard to say, um, is led by Steve Itagaki. And uh, so they handle all the special high-profile items that the council wants to do. So he's got cannabis, he's got homeless. Anything that comes, like during the pandemic, it was Steve's team that was running all the emergency orders that were coming out on a daily basis, almost from the government, making sure that that was dispensed to the departments so that we keep track uh, about it. So um, we, we, they also handle uh, some, it just depends, they'll get involved in some, maybe some writ litigation or they'll get involved in some, you know, ordinance drafting they do a lot of, but uh, they're pretty much a place where if something I need something immediately, I'll give it to Steve's team. A lot of seasoned attorneys there. Ethical questions um, uh, that come across, we'll send it to Steve's team. So it's uh, intended to be very uh, um, adaptive. Um, so the next uh, slide. In your, in your packets uh, under attachment number four is uh, my report to you on our DEI efforts. This is something very personally important to me, um, but uh, more importantly, important to the city that our office reflect the community. So we've made some great strides, and I've reported it in here as to where we've come as far as where we started um, when I came on board in 2018 to where we are now. And we have uh, done, done a quite a bit of things. As you can see up here, we've uh, created short and long-term goals. We adopted a diversity mission statement, uh, which is so long that I just said, please see it in attachment four. Um, it, was, it was brought up by the team and then presented to admin and we adopted it. We created a strategic plan for recruitment, development, training, retention, promotion, and community outreach. We um, developed our, our forms, office-wide subcommittees formed on, to work on established goals, and that was on a volunteer basis, and we got a really nice response from the, from the staff. A mentorship program created, I referenced it a little bit, we do try to pair you know, uh, newer staff with more seasoned staff to help them you know, grow and learn and have a go-to, especially during the pandemic when not everybody's in the office anymore. It's really important that we connect people to, to people so that they can, they know that they have somebody other than me, because I'm, I'm happy to talk to them. I'm just a terrible bottleneck that they can go to and talk to and learn. Um, we also, something that we, I was pretty proud of, uh, following um, a particularly difficult incident at City Council, um, uh, we decided to hold an all-site off-site all-staff meeting, and we asked Amy Burns and her team to come out and train us on, you know, what is, um, let's all have a common dialogue. What do these terms mean? Let's make sure we understand it, because we need to understand it so we can help you all in real time as these issues come up. And, we, and if we recognize, if we see something happening in a meeting, if we hear something coming up in a conversation, most of the time our office is there, because we work with everybody. And so the ability to recognize it, understand it, talk about it was really important. So that meeting occurred in November. Um, we had a another meeting in February, but that's going to be 2023, so you're all going to have to wait till next year so I can report on everything that's going on in 2023. But we are very busy in, um, in this field, and I'm really proud of the efforts we've made. I think that brings up. Oh, here's, here's a, 
a slide on. This is us tracking um, since the release of the City Auditor's Gender and Ethnic Diversity Report in 2018, um, we've had the commitment to making sure that our numbers are brought up. And so in uh, attachment four, we've got charts showing the details of where we started and where we are now. Um, the numbers demonstrate that the city attorney's office efforts continue to improve employment opportunities for women. And the numbers also demonstrate that the city attorney's office efforts continue to improve promotional opportunities for staff of all ethnicities and gender. Um, we've had a uh, great uh, opportunity to promote, promote from within, and I'm really proud of those opportunities, both at the attorney level and at the support staff level. So that, I think, um, shows you also the caliber of people in the office. We don't usually have to look too far outside because we have great staff internally. So um, my concluding comments are, um, first of all, I want to point out the admin team again. Can you all raise your hand? Um, so, uh, you know, the term iron sharpens iron. That's what these guys are to me. They're my rock. They keep me focused. Without them, I don't think I would have gone crazy a long time ago. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're my safe place. The whole office is. Um, I can throw anything at them to solve any problem. I, I dare you all. Throw any problem at us. We'll get into a room and we'll figure out the solution. <laughs> That's going to be in a confidential memorandum. But we will figure out the solutions. Um, <laughs> they often serve as a historical city memory because they've been here so long. Um, they, to get to this group brings 227 years of legal experience, uh, 168 of those years at the service of the city. Uh, collectively, we are a strong and steady public service force to be reckoned with. Uh, you want us on your side. Uh, I think Jack Nicholson would say, you, you need us on your side. Uh, we never forget uh, who the client is. Um, and on whose behalf we serve, which is the people and the organizations that make up the city of Sacramento. Thank you, and I'm happy to answer any questions that are not privileged or subject to attorney-client communications. <laughs> Thank you, Chair. Um, well, I just wanted to start off by saying, uh, you know, I'm new here, but uh, you know, in the, in the short time that I've gotten to work with you, I've been really impressed with not just your professionalism, but the professionalism of your team. Um, and I've always noticed, I've noticed you to be someone who constantly uplifts your team. And I think that's a really uh, important skill for a leader is to make sure that, you know, you're, you're, only as, you're only as strong as the people around you. And I, I see that you recognize that uh, more than most. So um, I want to appreciate you for that. And also um, the focus on uh, DEI and then specifically putting in a strategic process to accomplish that. A lot of people like to talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, um, but then I think the next step is always how are we going to get there. Um, and I think we do that a lot as a city as a whole through our auditing process as well. And, and I'm really glad to see it within your department because that's something that is um, you know, very important to the people of the city. We want to make sure that always that our city government reflects uh, the population that we serve. So I wanted to give some shout outs with that. And then I'm going to be asking the same couple of questions to everyone. Um, at first is, what are some of your biggest challenges? You know, and, and my second question is, do you need any help from us to help you or your team be more successful? Uh, uh, right off the bat, I say my biggest challenge is recruiting. Um, no doubt. You know, we're, the days of having multiple um, applicants are gone. And we're, we're lucky if we get we were happy when we got five. I think we might have ended up with eight on this last go round, and um, it, it you know we're, we're having to uh, 
For, for a lot, you're going to hear this from everybody. You've already heard it, from, I'm sure, from the city manager during budget times. But um, keeping pace with salaries is difficult. Last year, the council um, supported my request to increase the salary ranges of the support um, and uh, professional staff. And that was really appreciated. I, that might have made the difference between some attorneys leaving and not leaving. And that was my goal, not only to reward them for the work that they're already doing, but to hopefully keep them here because um, because they're, they're, they're so valuable to the city. That's probably our biggest struggle, is that. And what do I need help from you all? <laughs> um, <laughs> is that subject to attorney client? No. <laughs> uh, I appreciate the support we get. We're in the background almost all the time. It's almost kind of like where I like it. Um, keep us involved and engaged early and often, and we're better help to you uh, if, if you do that, rather than having to react to something after it's baked. And just want to note that there were no public comments um, on this item. So moving next to uh, Ms. Valenzuela. Yeah, thank you. I will reiterate um, Councilmember Maple's uh, recognition of your advocacy for your staff. You know, the point you just mentioned about the salaries for your staff. I was so impressed um, when you came to the council and like had a whole presentation ready about like what this team means and what they're doing. And that really does foster, I think, the type of excellence that you're seeing on the team. And so just want to commend you for that because um, it was it's something that's I will never forget about you and, and how you obviously work with your team. And um, obviously you've had to had to work with you a lot on Fridays, usually on holidays <laughs> and like weekends and stuff. Um, when things come up that are just that's when it happens and always appreciate you know your team's willingness to jump in even when it's like I mean I think one time it was Veterans Day I was on a zoom with you and there's another time it was like a Friday afternoon before another holiday and like team was working away and I just want to come in not just you but your entire team for your accessibility and your clear dedication to the city where it's like it doesn't matter something's happening you're needed you're there and you've always been incredibly accessible to me in that way um, and I really want to also one up the DEI focus and goals I think that's something that I would love to see uh, maybe in future evaluations from all of our charter officers, obviously recognizing that you can't create it today, but I think you're setting a mark um, for me in terms of what you do with these audits. Like, it's one thing to have an audit that talks about diversity and equity. It's another thing to actually hold yourself accountable to what steps are we taking, how are we training ourselves, who are we recruiting, and that's really commendable, so I wanted to point that out um, for you. And then... Obviously, special projects cannot say enough. I mean, Planned Parenthood ordinance alone, I mean, I don't know how many hours of work time that was, but I know the entire team did that. I'm sure Councilmember Lilloy will talk about things like camp resolution and finding solutions to that lease agreement. I mean, really thinking outside the box and solving problems has been really, this year, something that has stood out for me with your team and your clear passion and dedication to the issues. Um, I'm sure the chair will bring up the um, chart idea of like this sort of more standardized, what do you think you're doing well? What do you think you could improve? on what are your goals um, one thing for me is um, along the lines of Councilmember Maple's question is like what are your and you're kind of getting to that in your presentation but what are your goals for this year you know what are some of the benchmarks that essentially when we come back to do this next year because we're going to do this on a systemic level the chair's committed to it we're all committed to it um, like that we would be holding you accountable for next year like what are some things that you're looking for in the next year that we can say in July 2024 did you do that well or not do that well and why um, so I don't know if you have any thoughts on I that this year? I do, and thank you actually for the reminder because I yeah. neglected to, I mean, we have uh, obviously, um, we've adopted a strategic plan for our DEI uh, goal, so 
uh, we have a number. That's why we put the subcommittees in place, and so their work this year has been to develop that. Um, specifically, when it comes to making uh, look at reviewing um, our recruitments as well, but our outside counsel contracts. You know, uh, what what uh, making sure that we um, require them to meet DEI goals. That's a big. That's a big part of um, our strategy. And uh, so I, I do already have a strategic plan, which because it was created in 2023, it did not include here. Uh, but um, I, I can share that certainly with the council, um, you know, individually. Uh, the other thing I neglected to mention, because I invited our law clerks. Where's our, can you stand up, the three of you all? Just <laughs> so <laughs> that's like our future. <laughs> you know, I told you one of our biggest uh, problems is recruitment. And so we're now moving towards this idea of growing our own. We do have a very robust award-winning law clerk program. Um, McGeorge recognized us. It's in your um, staff report, uh, in our annual report for our um, public. I forget the name of the program. Sorry, but um, so we bring them in and we promise them that they're going to get some very good work. Um, uh, experience and, and um, because there's so many things here at the city. There's nothing like the city of Sacramento. I worked all over the state of California for four different cities. There is nothing like Sacramento. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it's, and that's, that's all good. That is all good because it just makes us better. And so if what I'd like to work on, um, actually Shelley Banks Robinson brought it up one time a couple of months back at an executive team meeting where she was talking about some kind of paid internships, you know, and so I'd like to embrace that, and so that's definitely one of my goals. I'm sorry, it's not going to help them this summer, but uh, <laughs> sorry about that, uh, but to do that so that we can grow our own, you know, local students, um, they're McGeorge or Davis, right, so, uh, and um, often they're Sacramento residents, and so that's absolutely a goal because I need to create a viable um, and sustainable succession plan uh, model, so uh, those are two. That's super helpful. Thank you, Susanna. I remember how to work these things since I haven't been here for two weeks. Well, um, thank you so much. Um, everything has been said, and I'm pretty sure you knew the comments coming out. I mean, um, I've had the pleasure of working with you, and I can tell you that um, your level of professionalism is second to none, and your commitment to this city is extremely admirable. Um, Councilmember Valenzuela brought up camp resolution. Really, I think you should take all that credit, all the credit for that facility because, as you know, a few times I got up and said, I'm done, you know, yet your calm, cool, collective uh, personality brought it back together, and here we are today. Um, you know, the, a great leader always recognizes that they didn't make it that far on their own, and it's a whole team has made this happen. Um, I've worked with a lot of attorneys uh, individually and, uh, and uh, collectively. And um, you're right, you know, uh, I'm so glad that you're all on our side. Because I'm, um, yeah, I don't want to think to see you guys on the other side. <laughs> That's a scary thought. Um, but I really want to thank you uh, for your commitment to the city. I want to thank you for your patience because you represent the city, but you have to deal with a bunch of us sitting here. And let's face it, we all have a, a different way of looking at things. So thank you so much for taking the time to 
breaking things down and explaining it to us. And, and I really want to thank the rest of the attorneys and the admin as well that really you guys are phenomenal. And it's an absolute honor to be in the same building with you all. And um, I, I appreciate everything you're doing for us. Thank you. Thank you, mem uh, council members, and thank you, Susanna. I really appreciate it. So just uh, next steps, um, just because your evaluation is coming up, one of the things, if you look at what Dr. Watson added in and uh, our city clerk, which I do, thank you for recognizing. She's listened to me as we've planned all of this out and moving forward. Um, I think what would be helpful is as you flesh out your 2024, 23-24 goals that we look at for next year, um, I know the League of California Cities and others kind of like have a form template, evaluation template, but I would like for you to create one that comes in that kind of aligns your goals or your accomplishments so that when we do an evaluation, there's a clear kind of like template that is looked at. Um, but what I'd love to call out is everybody who wants to know what our city attorneys do, the 2022 report that you attach to this lays it all out of all the hard work that everything everybody is doing but those are just the next steps of when you come in uh, when we have closed session evaluation if you could have some form of of template whatever best practices you think seeing all the different templates that are out there um, I think will help align us and help align the discussion we're in closed session because heaven forbid nine nine elected officials it's going to be like five hours unless we we hone us hone us down you know because we don't like to talk or red herring at all so um but really want to appreciate you want to appreciate your staff um i think this is a great way to kick it off with with our city attorney so with that uh we are moving on in the agenda we are now on item number two and moving to our city auditor okay come on up jump right in all right thank you Good morning, members of the public uh, personnel and public employees committee. My name is Jorge Segueda. I'm your city auditor. The recommendation that is before you is that you receive the annual report and pass a motion forwarding to the city council for review. The office of the city auditor is an essential element of the city of Sacramento's public accountability. Our mission is to provide a catalyst for improvements of municipal operations promote cred credible, efficient, effective, fair, focused, transparent, and fully accountable city government. The Office of the City Auditor provides independent, objective, and reliable information regarding the city's ability to meet its goals and objectives and establish an adequate system of internal controls. In many cases, this involves verifying compliance with laws and regulations, assessing the efficiency and effectiveness of city operations, and identifying internal control weaknesses and failures. In doing so, the office follows generally accepted government auditing standards developed by the Government Accountability Office of the United States. The Office of the City Auditor consists of three operations or divisions, performance auditing, research and analysis, and whistleblower investigation audits. The City of Sacramento Charter Section 77 establishes the City Auditor and requires the City Auditor to independently assess and report on city operations and services assist the council in, con in the conduct of budgetary inquiries and have other powers and duties as prescribed by state law and ordinances or resolutions by the city council. The Sacramento City Code section 2.18 expands on what is established by the city charter. Some of the auditor's key responsibilities include submitting an annual work plan to the city 
council for approval, conducting audits of city departments, offices, boards, committees, and commissions in accordance with generally accepted government auditing standards, periodically reviewing audit recommendations and investigations as practical to determine if responsive action has been taken, and managing the city's whistleblower hotline and determining if allegations of fraud, waste, or abuse, or illegal acts need further investigation. In June 2018, the City Council passed a series of linkage policies that were designed to define the expectations and boundaries for the City Council and staff to report to the City Council. During my closed session evaluation, I will provide the Mayor and City Council with a copy of the linkage policy that will detail my audit, uh, office's compliance with the City Council's expectations detailed in the linkage policy and any issues or concerns that I need to discuss with the City Council. In order to keep the Council informed of the City Auditor's work, the City Auditor reports on a regular basis to the City Council regarding its activity reports, recommendation follow-up reports, and whistleblower hotline activity reports. This slide details the status of our fiscal year 2022-2023 audit projects as of June of 2023. Reports that will be coming to the City Council soon are included in the middle box, which include uh, the 2022 diversity assessment of boards, committees, and commissions, an audit of the police department's property and evidence division, part one, assessment of revenues and expenditures associated with the city's COVID-19 responses, an audit of the Department of Utilities, supervisory control and data acquisitions, otherwise known as a SCADA system. Um, and audits that are in progress are an audit of the city's ethics commission, um, an audit of the fire department's emergency medical services uh, division, an audit of the city's complaint investigation and resolution practices, an audit of the city's homeless response, an audit of the transient occupancy tax and um, performing the work required by Measure L regarding the Sacramento Children and Youth Health and Safety Act. To promote transparency and accountability, our office maintains several dashboards that the city council, city employees, and the public can use to analyze certain information. These include dashboards on audit recommendations, whistleblower hotline activity, the City of Sacramento Community Survey, and several uh, others on diversity. For example, the Office of the City Auditor created the City of Sacramento Gender and Ethnic Diversity Dashboard, which provides interactive data on gender and ethnic composition of city employees over time. This is a screenshot of that dashboard. U users can analyze city em uh, employee demographic data by filtering the different variables. The City of Sacramento is a very diverse community and the Office of the City Auditor does well to reflect in its staff the gender and ethnic diversity of the City of Sacramento. The chart on this page compares the gender and ethnic diversity of the Auditor's Office for the past three years with that of the City's population. As shown here in 2023, the gender of the office staff are evenly split. In addition, the ethnicity of the office is similar to the city's population. A question that we often get is, <clears throat> well, who audits the city auditor? Well, to answer that question, even the city auditor gets audited. This process is known as the peer review process. Generally accepted government auditing standards require that audit organizations receive an external peer review at least once every three years. Our office has passed four separate external peer reviews over the last 13 years. 
The most recent was completed in September of 2022 and concluded that the city auditor's internal control system was adequately designed and operating effectively to provide reasonable assurance of compliance with standards. The full results of all of our peer reviews can be viewed on the city auditor's webpage. In addition to the council's expectations established through the charter, code, and the linkage policy, I am proposing incorporating for my 2023-2024 evaluation the performance metrics and goals listed on this side. Milestones related to compliance with city code include maintaining a certificate of compliance with auditing standards, ensuring the proposed annual work plan was presented to the city council by April 15th, and determining whether the office provided the city council with regular reports such as our activity reports, uh, recommendation, follow-up reports, and whistleblower tip and investigation rep reports. The office's performance goals uh, that are being proposed include targeting at least 80% of the work plan being completed or initiated within the fiscal year, 100% of our staff meeting their continuing professional education requirements, 95% of our audit findings and recommendations being accepted by the City Council, and City Management being in agreement with at least 90% of our recommendations. I hope that with the combination of our activity reports, the linkage policy, compliance statement, and the results of our peer review, the City Council will have the information that they need to adequately assess the performance of my office. Thank you for the opportunity to present today, and I'm available to answer any questions that you may have. Thank you, Mr. Auditor. Uh, council members, any questions? Council member Valenzuela. Thank you. Um, I was just typing my notes on my question, so I'll just wing it. Um, so <laughs> I appreciate the performance metrics. I was really intrigued by that 90% agreement with the city manager. And to me, that speaks to like internal back and forth before audits are published. Can you talk about like any changes you're making or like how you might plan to achieve that metric? I'm just <laughs> curious. Well, it's been is. part of our practice to uh, ensure that management does have an opportunity to review our draft reports and provide feedback and comment on our findings and recommendations. And that process over the last 13 years has uh, oftentimes included uh, some back and forth to try to reach some common ground. And I think we've been successful in the vast majority of uh, those situations to reach a situation where we can uh, have that common ground. And so I would like to continue that goal and have that as a formal metric that we can track and report to the mayor and city council on, on how well we achieve that. Because one of the things that I think is important to uh, our profession is that we make recommendations that are reasonable and implementable. Mm -hmm. um, and I think having uh, management's buy-in on as many of those as possible really helps further um, our success in regards to that. I appreciate that because it gives a chance, like if there's a misunderstanding from the auditor's review for the teams to be able to say this is what's actually going on. It also gives the teams a chance to say, oh, we didn't realize that was happening. Like that's we right. actually agree with that recommendation. because that's, that's great. I appreciate that explanation where I am. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, sorry. Uh, Jacob, any public comments? No council member. Sorry. Keep forgetting. No public comments. Vice Chair Maple. All good. Thank you, Chair. Um, well, I just want to start off by saying, you maybe you know the answer to this, I don't know, but uh, I, I think that not a great many cities in California, or maybe even in the U.S., have an independent city auditor. Um, I think that this is a, a really crucial part of our city, 
being able to have that independence, having that oversight. Um, as you'll hear often on this dais, sunshine is our friend. Um, and we can only really make changes, um, sometimes hard changes, when we have the entirety of the information. So I think the work that you do is really important. Um, and I also want to say I appreciate that you're always in the audience. So for <laughs> someone who doesn't have to sit up here on, on a Tuesday, you're, I always see you in the audience. And I, I see that you take a great interest in our city and in the policies that we're discussing. And I think that that, you know, I would assume makes you even better at your job because you're very aware of what's going on. and and that you never really shy away from the issues that are important, even when it's really hard. Um, and that's a, that's another really important component. So I wanna um, thank you for that work. I thank mm -hmm. you for taking an interest in being here, being present. Uh, gonna ask the same two questions. One, one your challenges, and two, um, how can we help you? Okay. Uh, in regards to challenges, I think uh, we probably alluded to that uh, during the presentation right now. I think there's plenty of areas to audit and not enough time and resources to audit them with. And so that's uh, a continuous challenge for our office. I do appreciate that uh, the city has recognized, you know, the value and the importance of auditing. When I first started, uh, my office was three individuals. Uh, at this point, we're 10. And so I think that reflects, you know, the council's um, support uh, of our office and the um, investment in continuously trying to uh, identify opportunities for improvement and address uh, these types of issues um, as quickly as possible. In regards to where the council can help us, um, I would say continue to do what you're doing in regards to supporting our office and supporting our efforts to try to be transparent, independent, and uh, hold the city accountable. Um, that's, I think, what helps us do a very difficult job. Thank you as well. Um, just a couple of technical items. Uh, I really appreciate the last page where you say accomplishment and goals. If you could put that uh, into kind of a template sure. city form so when it when it comes to evaluation and closed session, it makes it easy for all of us. Yep. And then um, kind of as we move forward, um, where we look at the council staff linkage, I think it's it would be wise when we look at policy contact that we just put the chair of PMPE, whomever that may be. So, because I know there's still Councilmember Carr um, mm -hmm. listed here, which I'm not sure what number that will end up with. But you know, city staff can call that. I'm not. It'll be a. It, it'll be a surprise. Um, and a, but just cleaning that up a little bit, just so people know. Um, looking at that, and then we'll we'll move this on to to City Council for adoption. Councilmember Valenzuela. Yeah, sorry, I meant to bring this up on the last item too. I would love for the templates to be somewhat consistent with like what the city clerk and the OPSA director did in terms of listing out your core competencies and responsibilities and kind of ranking yourself because I think that'll just help us in closed session be able to say like, how do we, I mean, I know you're more, but I feel like for me personally, I just, I love consistency. Oh, 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 Councilmember <laughs> so. Valenzuela did suggest that everybody copy or city Yeah, yeah, clerks. copy it, yeah, so yeah, just yeah. want to make sure and, that, and I, yeah, And I will clear. call out that Dr. Watson was the only one to truly follow the advice uh, <laughs> that our city clerk and I set forward. Um, so come on, y'all can do it. Are reinforcing I know, that. <laughs> I know following directions are hard for us as an adult, but <laughs> if we could kind of have the same, you know, just subject matter format uh, that our city clerk put forward, it makes it so it's consistent for everybody to read and know what they're reading and what they're getting. But otherwise, thank you. Thank you for coming. Appreciate it. And we'll forward it on to council. Okay. Thank you. Now moving on to item number three, our city clerk. Welcome. I have to move everything down. 
So good morning. I'm Mindy Cuppy, your city clerk. And the item before the committee is the annual report and performance evaluation of the city clerk. As you know, the city clerk is appointed by and reports directly to the mayor and council. Clear communication and performance metrics are the core of the work of this council and the city. And to evaluate city council appointed officers on a consistent basis, the PNPE committee, personnel and public employees committee has the role and responsibility of developing and leading annual performance metrics and evaluations. So my favorite boss used to say, be bright, be brief and be gone. So I will attempt to do that this morning. So what is the city clerk's role? So Sacramento city charters um, section 71 says the city council shall appoint a city clerk who shall have custody and shall be responsible for the official seal records of the city will act as secretary of the city council and other boards commissions and committees and agencies okay so what does that really mean so the city clerk oversees the activities and functions of the office of the city clerk including supervision of staff performing highly advanced organizational tasks as prescribed by the city charter city code state law various ordinances and resolutions. We initiate, develop, and implement policies and procedures to execute the laws and administer the work of the Office of the City Clerk. We maintain and disseminate records of actions of all legislative bodies, municipal ordinance, resolutions, code, and other governmental documents. We provide highly responsible and complex administrative support to members of the City Council. So I'd like to think of the office of the city clerk as the living room of the city, where all collaboration takes place. All staff reports pass through us. We make sure council colleagues in our community know what's going on. We host the community here in chambers, and we are the city's records keeper. So a legislative management, we publish agendas, we coordinate staff reports, we create minutes, we preside over meetings, and process legislative documents, such as ordinances and resolutions. So we are the elections official. So last year we had four council offices up for re-election, and we had four measures presented to the voters. So Fair Political Practices Commission, we have um, almost 11,100 statement of economic interest filers. So those all get coordinated through our office. Um, we have just over 100 active campaign committees. So public records requests, we processed almost 4,500 requests last year. And 75% of those were closed within 10 days, which is the initial filing period or the initial response period, not filing. Um, so as you know, um, many public records requests are quite, com quite complex and could have email text components and significant department collaboration, um, city attorney review. Um, however, our average close time is still 21 days. So um, our community tickets program. So we welcomed over 2,000 guests into the city suite at the Golden One Center. So 94% of our tickets were distributed to community groups for the public purpose of promoting community cultural, recreational, education, and social services, um, facilities, and programs available um, for the public within the city. So I think that's a huge accomplishment and, um, and something that we can really, um, our community benefits from being allowed to, to view this asset. So operational management. So last year we transitioned three council offices. It's not an easy task, as some of you know. Um, and we processed um, just over 6,000 individual financial transactions for city council offices. 
So our annual report, which is part of the staff report, goes into more detail. So I will highlight just a few things. So in addition to the statutory re responsibilities of the city clerk, over the past year, um, the following are some significant accomplishments. We resumed in-person meetings. So um, as one of my favorite callers will say, we were the only ones here in chambers for quite some time. So um, we resumed in-person meetings this year and we will continue to offer public access to meetings via an online and telephonic platform. We assume the role and responsibility for legislative management of all city boards, commissions, and committees. So that's not a, a simple task. We're here in chambers every evening. Um, consistency across advisory boards assures that commissioners have the tools they need to be successful in their role. Members of the public know how to participate, and there is a consistent process for communications to advise the city council. So this year we created um, a city boards, commissions, and committee orientation program, a handbook, a guide to meeting facilitation and recruitment video. And by uplifting commissioner voices, we continue to expand their advisory role. Uh, we established an online system for lobbyist registration and reporting. And so this portal just really increases transparency and accessibility of reports. We created and maintained a Microsoft Teams environment for the mayor and council offices to communicate, to collaborate, and to educate. So, and I'm pleased to report that our office was recognized by the City Clerks Association of California as the innovative program of the year for this award. So, Wendy got to receive that on our behalf this, at our annual conference. So I assume the role of a decorum officer, uh, ensuring a fair and consistent process for public meeting facilitation so that the city's business can be accomplished. And of course, continue to assist in moving council priorities forward. So in the upcoming year, we're excited to be continuing to focus on boards, commissions, and committees to ensure transparency, consistency, diversity, and inclusive participation. So this includes, but really is not limited to proactive recruitment, um, commissioner and staff education, annual reporting process. Um, we will highlight for the council and community the important work of city commissions, what they do, what they're responsible for. Um, we'll continue to ensure clear and consistent policies, scope, council direction, and communication. And then we're going to review all city board commission and committee establishing code for consistency and relevance and recommend any updates. Okay, in the coming year we will also, um, and during closed session for my performance evaluation, I will share in more detail um, and have measurable metrics for you to look at, but we will um, research and begin implementation of a new agenda management system. This will improve transparency, consistency, accessibility, um, and maintain, uh, maintenance of the legislative history. So I always say my role in legislative management is really to give council members the data they need to make decisions to make public aware of that data so that constituents can decide if they want to be part of that decision-making process, and then to document and make transparent all the actions of the council and all legislative bodies. And a new agenda management system will really um, support this. So we will expand mayor and council support to include council member onboarding and training, council staff training, and expanded support for community events. Um, one of your predecessors once said, where's the handbook? I'm a council member now, so where's my, where's my tool? Um, it's like being a parent, there is no book. Um, and so we are actually developing that. And um, a couple of you started to go through that initial process. So we will professionalize our ceremonial recognition program. And that's really to alleviate presti prestigious council recognition and then create tools for council offices to also recognize members of our community. Uh, we'll research and begin implementation of a new um, codification vendor to update and maintain our city's municipal code. And again, continue support for moving councils forward. So the office of the city clerk consists of an extremely dedicated and competent staff. Um, we are motivated to provide exceptional service to our internal and external customers. 
And so during my presentation, I use this, the term city clerk and office of the city clerk somewhat interchangeably because really we're one and the same. The city clerk is not an individual, but a collection of amazing staff. And I'd like to take a moment to recognize and thank the individuals that make our office successful. We have a few here. I didn't get as many as Susanna did. However, um, if my team can stand up, I'd appreciate it. Um, so I know you know all these people, and I think it's really important to recognize them. So thank you. Um, so Wendy, Monica, Katie, Cammie, Jenna, Jacob, Judy, Carol, Rosanna, Rocky, Heather, Sydney, Melanie, Amanda, Julia, Jennifer, and Lana. So thank you all for the amazing work you do. Okay, and thank you for, you know, being here today. I know I want to say, yeah, get back to work, but I'm not going to do that. <clears throat> So thank you for allowing me to continue to contribute to the success of our city and to serve alongside you. Um, I wanna address council member Maple's questions regarding challenges and what help I need. So I'm just gonna say ditto to what Susanna did. Really recruiting is a big challenge for us. Um, nobody in high school or college said I wanna be a city clerk when I grow up. Nobody knew what a city clerk does and so we continue to highlight and speak to as many people as we can about what we do and how important our job is. Um, and so again, ditto for that. And um, your support, and you've been, the council's been constantly supportive of education for our team. And so we, you know, continuing that and helping us to recruit great people um, is important. So um, again, um, keeping involved and engaged. So I can't support you if I don't know what your priorities are. So continuing that communication and even the, I'm thinking about this, you know, so that we know things are coming. Um, so I look forward to an evaluation discussion and closed session in the coming weeks. And this concludes my presentation. I'm available for any questions. Thank you, Mindy. Vice Chair Maple. Thank you. Jacob, any public comments? <sighs> you got it. Thank you, Chair. Uh, I have no hands raised for public comment. Thank you, all right. Vice Chair Maple. Perfect, and, and thank you for addressing the, the question. So I'll, I'll keep it brief, but I just wanna say, you know, when I first, when I came on board, I, I, think, I think I thought I knew what a city clerk did, and then I realized uh, quickly that I, that I had no idea. I was just the tip of the iceberg of all the things that you're doing. It's really incredible. Um, I also wanna acknowledge that, you know, you showed up every single day, you know, during the pandemic when a lot of people were at home um, protecting themselves and their loved ones. You were here um, protecting the city and, and making sure that the city was running efficiently and effectively. And I really, I see that. I saw that, you know, before I was even up here. I think a lot of, the, of our um, community members see that as well. Um, the other thing I wanna acknowledge is that you, I see you as kind of the, the calm, steady hand that, that keeps us going and keeps us on task because especially as politicians, we have a tendency to be like, look at the shiny thing or, um, you know, we all have big ideas, but sometimes we don't always know what all the little pieces that go into making those happen, but you do. Um, and you make sure that we, we stay on task and we provide you the things that, that we need in your team. Um, and then just one, one other thing I wanna note is that I've seen, especially in the last couple of months, few months, the, the amount of vitriol that you have to endure in your position is really disheartening. Um, it, it, it really breaks my heart to see because you don't deserve that. Um, you don't deserve to be treated that way in your role because um, you're here doing your job. And so I just want to, I just really want to say that and I, I hope that you feel supported by the council despite that. And if there's anything that we can do to help make your job a little easier in that, in that way, let us know. Thank you. 
Uh, ditto to that, for sure. Um, you are exceedingly professional, um, exceedingly fair, and just really want to appreciate how you've conducted yourself through an incredibly tough year, and you are an incredibly modest woman. Um, I love when you go over the election section and you're like, oh, you know, we had this election. Some of those measures were put on the ballot in August. Um, you know, I know your team is another one of those teams that I think I had a few Friday night calls with and at least text messages threads with you and Wendy, so I just want to call that out and appreciate that like last year was an exceptional challenge here you handled it incredibly well people knew when to submit arguments we knew it was required of us like and in a very brief like this is due like in three days and we're going to make this happen um so i just want to recognize that because that was incredible to watch um and i love that you quantified six thousand transactions i'm pretty sure my office must have been like a thousand of them at least that many emails and phone calls to your team though and i just want to appreciate as i said your professionals and that translates to your team and your advocacy for your team they're an incredible group of people always responsive always fair you know they're not into this for the politics they're in this to make sure the city has the job done and that's just incredible and i just really want to appreciate you all for being here um briefly and just the chance to be able to tell you that directly and i also really appreciate that we're continuing the hybrid meeting format. I have heard that a lot from constituents. I know my, my myself, when we came back to in-person, we were all so excited, and then I got COVID the day before, and I had to zoom in from home, and it was so great to have that available, to know that I could still participate in the council meeting, even though I didn't want to be anywhere near any of the council members. So um, really just appreciate that. Um, I'm so glad to hear you talk about the agenda management system. So I was looking up an ordinance in the city of Baltimore that a colleague of mine in Baltimore referenced. They also use Granicus and what I noticed is that their system allows them to organize by ordinance and so what you see is I can read the summary of the ordinance I can see all the actions that happen so I can trace this through the history so I didn't even need to ask him for like where was that ACLU report it was all there and the attachments were all named and separate PDF things and I was like this is really cool um, so I'm super excited that you're doing that because I think we could do a lot to help members of the public track what we're doing through the process when they don't always know what agenda item to look up or what meeting that had I know I actually use my team's notes to say like, what meeting was that again? And then I'll go back and look up the agenda item, but it would be really cool. I'm glad you're researching best practices on that because that's really exciting. Um, I also note in your write-up, you mentioned ceremonial resolutions, the perpetually complex item that none of us knew would be this complex. Um, I will just say that I appreciate you looking at that. You know, my signature means a lot to me. I know it means a lot to all of us. I know you and I have talked about how do we still ensure some level of our participation in that process before things get approved. I haven't seen anything go through that I'm like, oh no, my name's on that. But I think moving forward, just to make sure we're protected as things come forward. I just I'm glad you're continuing to keep that on your work plan because that's definitely something that um, is of interest to me but thank you for filling out the chart um, and being so clear and as always just going above and beyond appreciate it Mindy thank you and thank you for highlighting elections I know that's something that seems like a little part no, literally you didn't even mention error. the fact that resolute in August that was insane I mean you literally had like a couple, uh, two weeks or three weeks to get everything done. That normally takes you months. Like, so that I, I will ask Wendy to take a bow. But yeah. I think one of our greatest. <laughs> I'm looking at Wendy while I'm talking um, too. Like, I don't know how you did that. <laughs> um, be, because of the infrastructure that Wendy has put into place, we were able to over a weekend do an argument and rebuttal period. So amazing. That's typically a 20-day process. Um, so we heard, I think, on Wednesday evening that um, the court said you need to put this on the ballot. Um, on Thursday, we called a special election for Friday. We opened up the <coughs> argument period. 
that day on Saturday night when they closed it and <laughs> opened up the rebuttal period. And then by 5 p.m. on Monday, we had all the documentation to the county that they needed for their Well, someone who's like a party to some of those arguments and rebuttals, like you were so accessible that whole weekend and we were texting about like, well, what about this? And is it this thing? And like, I just really appreciated, like despite the hairiness, you did not lose that angle of like, we need to help you all navigate this craziness too. And I, yeah, I literally don't know how you did that, so kudos, you and Wendy. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, there's nothing that I can say that my colleagues haven't uh, gone through. I just want to say thank you to you and your team, um, and ditto on everything that um, Vice Chair and Council Member alluded to. I remember my first time that I had the pleasure of meeting you. Um, I had to drive my car and get out of my car, and here you come with a box. Mm -hmm. You go, this is your box. And I'm like, okay, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm Sean. And so um, from day one, um, I could see the, the commitment and, and the, the firepower in you and obviously having the experience uh, to experience it uh, with your team too. So thank you very much. And I just want to echo the ditto, you know, before here, just like Councilmember Lowy and all of us have experienced, I appreciate coming in and meeting both you and Wendy of like elections. Here's what you need to do. Here's how accessible we are, you know, and it's not just a statement, but it's a reality of how accessible you and your team are because really the city clerk people don't realize it you're that you're you're the hub there's spokes all around but without you the city does not run and it needs to be called out as many boards and commissions as we have how much staff and extra time and evenings that are put in beyond just an 8 hour day our staff goes above and beyond um, I think all of our city staff does, but without the clerk's office, like everything that it takes to really run the city, um, you know, corralling all of our, our charter officers and appointee officers, you know, it does, it does take the city clerk. And then thank you. As, as a new chair uh, with some crazy ideas and a lot on my plate, I appreciate how you constantly communicate, keep me online, listen to my wild ideas, um, and our partner in how we can implement and make things better for the city. Um, I truly, truly appreciate that. And then I just want to echo, um, thank you, Councilmember Maple, for calling out that you are our decorum officer. We were elected. We know what we're getting into. That's not something that should be advertised of anything a city clerk or any city employee um, should have to deal with the racism, the hate, the discrimination, uh, the awfulness that is spewed towards you. Um, bring it on to bring it to us, but our staff doesn't deserve that. So thank you, Councilmember Maple, for, for truly calling that out for all of us because I know how we deal with it, but it's harder when you, you staff. That's just, it's not what you're meant to do. And by the way, our city is pretty awesome with a lot of really good staff that have really great hearts. And I think that's what people miss. So um, it deserves to be publicly called out and publicly thanked because we don't often get that time. Um, but thank you for, for being the partner and pulling this forward and helping lead um, truly this presentation so that we could get this going uh, and establish a baseline for, for what the city is, is moving forward. So we'll move you on to uh, the council agenda, but thank you, Wendy. Thank you for your time today.
All right, now moving on to our city manager. And remember, Howard, we are not going to be here for the rest of the time. You, you don't get 45 minutes. I promise. I, I, <laughs> we, we had this uh, agreement between the charter officers. We we're trying to keep it to like five or six slides. And I think I did a good job. And I'm actually very proud because I did this myself like Susanna. And so if there's like formatting issues and all those things that. Uh, wait, wait, wait. You did the slides yourself? I did it myself. I remember my PowerPoint and all this business. That, that's one thing about being in this role here is that I've come to realize it's less doing that I've been with the city now for almost 21 years and you know, I don't crank out staff reports anymore. I don't uh, do those types of things. And it's just, you know, it, it's been uh, a six year adjustment, I think. <laughs> um, but first off, uh, Chair Kaplan, thank you and members of the PMPE committee. Appreciate you bringing this forward because it's been a long time coming. And I talk about the, the six plus years I've been city manager and you know, looking at uh, evaluations and how they were conducted. And Councilman Carr at the time uh, absolutely uh, um, uh, made an effort to formalize this, and he's got part of the way there. That's why you'll see as part of my packet the linkages policies and the other things that were adopted by the council. I will not be going over those in this presentation. I will be going over them in uh, closed session at, um, at the pleasure of the council. Uh, I also want to thank my colleagues and, and some who have not spoken yet really proud of them. I work with them all the time. I know what they do, but just to see it and hear it being presented for the public, very impressive. Uh, and this, you know, where I agree with uh, Mr. Davis, many does need a raise, <laughs> 100%. Uh, so as part of this, I'm going to present you with a, a brief overview of the city manager's responsibilities, uh, share some of the highlights from fiscal year 22-23, cause that's kind of a, a look back. Uh, talk about next steps about formalizing this process for me in particular uh, in closed session. Uh, answer any questions you have. Talk about uh, the priority setting. Uh, and I'll talk about that as part of the presentation. So I'll, I'll get started here. Remember, I did this myself. So, <laughs> Okay, so uh, I did not have the charter citation here. But uh, uh, as the slide says, in the simplest terms, uh, city managers are responsible for executing the policies established by the council. That is, you know, all of you. Uh, and part of that is managing the day-to-day -day operations that includes uh, recruitment, retention. Uh, the scope excludes the other charter officers. They report directly to the council like I do. Uh, but one of the most uh, important things that any city manager will do is develop the annual budget uh, for council consideration. And it is also one of the most complex. And we've talked about this at length over the last six plus months. And it, it gets to the heart of the, the challenges about competing priorities. You know, as we adopted this budget, I'm very appreciative. Uh, uh, it had a little uh, something for everything, including our employees, uh, showing that we value them. We're in the process of um, negotiating all these agreements uh, over uh, the next six months. Hopefully, we'll get them all to the council. But I mean, just uh, you know, talking about the competing priorities, we have homelessness, of, of course. We have affordable housing, climate, sustainability, uh, focus on youth. Uh, you know, public safety, both police and fire responses, you know, our parks, um, can't read my own writing here, uh, roadways, uh, you know, code enforcement, libraries, and really, again, valuing our employees through our collective bargaining agreements. Uh, trying to balance all of these and make some headway on any one of these is a real challenge for our organization and for the council. And uh, I'm really pleased that in, this, uh, in the coming weeks, we will be having a broader conversation about this. And I'll touch on that in a little bit. Here, uh, here is kind of a snapshot of my office and uh, 
all the various uh, departments and personnel and whatnot, that some key facts that are part of your budget uh, or part of your budget packet is that we manage over 5,000 employees across 16 departments and offices. And to be exact, it's 5,075.3 FTEs. That's a significant amount of staff here. And who, who I have here in the audience is my assistant city manager team, along with the police chief, fire chief, and my chief of staff, Amy Williams. They're kind of the tip of the spear in, in trying to manage this behemoth. Uh, and it is no small task. These are also, uh, these department heads and these functions are ones that respond to constituent affairs from your offices, uh, work on projects, both large and small. Uh, and a lot of it is very, you know, it's, um, controversial at times, and, but it's also very nuanced, and it, it takes an inordinate amount of staff time to bring these items forward to you on a weekly basis. I chat with my colleagues around this region, and they, uh, they kind of chuckle a little bit. They say, what, you guys meet every week, and you have 20 to 30 different uh, reports coming forth, some on consent, some on up for discussion, some more controversial than others. There's a lot of work that goes behind, and I gotta tip my hat to the city attorney as well. Her team, they review every single report that comes to you. Uh, and, and so, you know, I wanna give a plug out uh, to the folks in the audience here, like Suzanne and, and Mindy did as well, because they actually all make it happen. Oh, I see Ryan here too. Um, did I miss anybody? Eleni's here. The, well, can you guys just stand up just real quick, my cabinet team and the, the whole folks here, our department heads, police chief, Shelley. Um, you know, one, one thing of note here is with the recent uh, appointment of our public works director and our finance director, uh, our dance card is full. We, uh, we've, been, we, we've actually filled all the positions for the first time in a couple years now because we've had a lot of turnover. Some I've appointed twice in those roles, but I'm, I'm really excited about the fact that we are fully staffed. We still have our issues with the recruitment retention. I'll touch on that a little bit later for for you, Councilmember Maple, and it's things that you've heard me say in the past. Uh, what I wanna do is just hit a couple highlights. They're all in the packet for you. I have the team here to answer any questions about any of the specifics, but I, I just pulled out a couple of them and I tried to keep it to like five or six. Uh, you know, we talked about the storm response in January. This is a cross-departmental effort. I mean, it was just uh, all hands on deck. We had trees falling down, power outage. We got streets blocked, flooding. We, uh, trying to get people out of, you know, out of harm's way. Uh, and if I missed anybody on, on this list of the departments, I apologize. Again, I did this myself. Um, the, the council also adopted as part of the FY24 budget this $0 impact fee program uh, that thus far has provided uh, resources for 2,500 units of affordable housing. And I gotta tell you, this, this program, uh, small but mighty. It leverages dollars in, in ways that uh, direct subsidies for Pro, um, projects what, would not accomplish. I mean, we're talking 500 to 750,000 per uh, affordable housing unit. And some say it's more than that, like in San Francisco. Thank goodness we're not San Francisco in, in that regard. Uh, so this council made a commitment long-term. So you see in, in the, uh, the budget that we have that uh, ongoing funding. Again, as part of Measure O, the ballot initiative that uh, caused a little bit of the scramble there last year, uh, We've executed and continued implementation of the city-county partnership agreement. Uh, and we really wanna give kudos out to the, the four by two to help shepherd this through, the mayor, and of course the city attorney who was really our, um, our backstop to some of the things that were being put out there that uh, we tried to, to work through. 
Uh, and also to Mario Lara, my assistant city manager, and Nick Galling from DCR to help manage all the details. Again, there's so much that went into it uh, in prepping for those meetings, but I'm really pleased that it's executed. Uh, we continue the implementation, and I, I look forward to um, you know, the, the projects that are coming out of the, the, the hopper here soon. Uh, DCR, I just thought I'd mention this because I, I read through the, the successes that were submitted to me. It's, it's no small task. 35,000 calls over this last fiscal year, fiscal year 23, with an average response of three days. And now, when we first started, we were getting DCR kicked off. We were trying to figure out which way is up and how to coordinate these calls, get them through 311, police non-emergency, directly to your offices. Uh, three days on average, and it is just phenomenal work that they're doing there. And it's uh, more recently, it's been very controversial, very challenging, and yet they show up every single day. Uh, and it is it's something that's like a third rail uh, discussion uh, anywhere you go, but they're, they're in, in the spotlight. They got the cameras rolling, they have the social media, and they have not wavered one bit. So kudos to them. Uh, this other, this Front Street Animal Shelter, I, I thought I'd tease that out too, because we've had some folks come forward, this council, very critical of the, uh, the operation there at Front Street, and I want to give, uh, you know, tip the hat to Phil Zimmerman and his team there, because they've done a phenomenal job. In fact, this last fiscal year, 23, uh, it, I was, when I read this, I was saying, are you sure? I think uh, our previous record was like 85, maybe 85 plus, but Live release rate, 86.6%. Granted, it was during COVID and maybe the intake wasn't as robust as in the past, but we were there. We were there and it just, I wanna make sure that gets called out because it's too easy to be critical of our team when things don't always go right or it does not meet the expectations of the public. They, they do a great job for us. Uh, you know, out of Yipsy, we activated all 12 neighborhood pools, waiting pools. We opened up the North Natomas Aquatic Center and I bring this up because it was not so long ago, I remember we had our council member and staff at the atrium here in canoes trying to raise money to keep our pools open. I think it was council member Cohn at the time. Uh, and it was Save Mart, we had all kinds of folks, but the, it's, it's amazing. And this is something I will probably uh, broach uh, during my evaluation in closed session about funding to maintain the pools and the infrastructure that we, uh, we have there, the maintenance backlog. So looking ahead, in the coming weeks, we're going to come to closed session to finalize a process for charter officer evaluation. And in that, uh, Chair Kaplan talked about a template. I purposely did not include one in my presentation because it's such a unique job. And I think all of our jobs are. To the extent we want to have some consistency between all the templates, I think that's okay. Uh, but they're going to look different. They're, they have to look different. The jobs are so different. Uh, and so I'm uh, prepared to bring something forward. I was prepared to include something here, but through the City County Management Foundation or the International County Management Association, they have, you know, 15, 16 templates I looked at that dealt with county executives, city managers in small cities, larger cities, strong mayor, you know, mayor council form of government. So I, I opted just to have that conversation with you all in closed session. Uh, and then as I mentioned earlier, in, in August, I hope we can hold the date, we're gonna meet an open session to discuss uh, organizational priorities of this council. Uh, you all have been interviewed and along with your other council colleagues uh, to figure out what your priorities are. And individually, you've spent an hour, hour and a half, some spent two hours, I think, uh, providing the consultant with where, where they feel our city should be in terms of 
you know, resources and priorities, and I, I plan to bring that back to the full council uh, for discussion and adoption. And that really is going to form what you should be measuring me on of the next year. You should say, here are the things that we're focusing on, city manager, here's the top five. We're going to measure your performance on achieving those goals. And I'm hoping that uh, we can get to five. Three would be better, but, <laughs> but I'm realistic. Uh, and then following that discussion, later this year, I'm taking my whole executive team, uh, department heads, and some offices for an offsite to make sure we align our business plans with these priorities over the next year. Uh, that, that is critical. That's something that's been lacking. Uh, you see in the budget report, we talk about metrics that we use. and we're, I mean, we could certainly count you know, our pavement quality index. We could see how quickly we fill potholes, how, what our response time is for you know, any number of departments, including code enforcement. But, but we really need to you know, focus in on what are the, the big priorities, the large priorities that will require um, you know, concerted effort. And that's what I plan to do with our team. So um, I didn't see any typos up there for you guys did. I, I apologize. Uh, I will proactively answer your question, Councilmember Maple, uh, both in terms of you know, challenges and, and how you can help. You know, my colleagues talked about recruitment and retention. Absolutely. I, I just mentioned that I'm so pleased to have all of our department head positions filled for the first time in, I think, maybe two years, thereabouts. Um, the, um, the challenges, again, priorities. We have uh, many more things we want to do than we have resources to do. And that's part of the exercise I just mentioned. How can you help? Uh, sound like a broken record. Focused priorities. Focused priorities. Uh, and the other piece that I will ask, and I've talked with some of you individually, and, and I think maybe even in closed session uh, last year, is you know, support for staff. You all have been great in coming out and you know, like the storm response. You all came out for this breakfast, and you know, uh, the staff at the front lines, they really felt it. They saw you all present. You guys sat down. You had breakfast. You sat at the table. Just the little things really matter. I will ask that, because uh, it will happen. Uh, we're going to have missteps. Things are going to go awry. I would just ask that in a public setting like this that we extend a little bit of grace to our team, uh, and uh, we will absolutely uh, address any issues or any shortcomings that we have. And I will personally do that as well. Just uh, I think that goes a long way to this notion of valuing our employees, recruitment and retention that we have so many issues with. And, it just, and it's not just Sacramento. It's throughout California, across the country. I, I talk to my colleagues across the country, and they're facing the same issues. Even in smaller cities, you know, 20,000 people, they're still having a challenge to recruit people. Uh, and, and so with that, I'll leave it and answer any questions you have. Thank you, City Manager. Uh, Jacob, any comments, public comments? Thank you, Chair. I have no hands raised for public comment. Thank you. Council members, Council Member Valenzuela. Thank you, similar. Um, thank you, Howard, for all of this. It's um, of all, I mean, all of the charter officers have um, huge scopes of work and huge amounts of work to do, but I think definitely in comparison when you look at the organizational structure that you oversee, um, kind of unparalleled. So I'm um, just got, a, got a great team. Yeah, Absolutely. you have a fantastic team, but it is a it is a city you are running in the literal sense of just the number of people that right. are underneath um, in addition to what you do. So thank you for reporting on the progress. I guess for me, um, in addition to the chart, um, curious about, you know, measurable goals moving forward, outcomes you're expecting. I know it's a little different for you in a way because we're talking about this goal setting for council, but I guess we could look at just from like an administrative perspective, you know, are there things that you're going to be working on this 
this year to try to help support your team and better outcomes for the city? Yeah, sure. I, I think if you, you see in the, the budget report here, we have a, a whole list of performance metrics. Some are workload measures, some are outcome measures. I could detail some of those and bring that back into the closed session to say from an operational perspective, this is uh, what our goals are. I think they pale in comparison to the larger goals of this council. Uh, and I think that we do them. Uh, the, the departments and the work groups, they focus on those things that are, are kind of industry standards, like pavement quality index, for one thing. We have our public works department that monitors that. They seek out funding you know, to leverage state dollars to improve that. I mean, th those are goals that you know, are, are, are predicated on funding. Uh, but I mean, absolutely, I'm willing to do that. I'll, yeah, I'll bring no, some I mean, this I don't, I don't need like a re, um, a reframing of what's in the budget because yeah. I saw that. Um, yeah. I guess for me, it's more like from a management perspective for your role. Um, like, what, what can we hold you accountable for in terms of like implementing DEI objectives? You know, or like steps you're going to be taking from like a management perspective. Do you have anything like that that you're looking at? Well, I think I will specifically highlight DEI as like yeah. maybe one of the opportunity areas to say like, are you? We've heard some great examples today, like different ways you might try to implement that in your management of this team? Sure, sure. I, I think it. Uh, we, we can do that. And I, we talked about this in open session, too, with DEI. Uh, part of the backstop is uh, the city auditor's report to see how we're doing. Uh, we look at the gross numbers, and it's always a challenge when you look at numbers in that from that context. If you look at them from, uh, you know, what have we done this last year versus the, the previous year and the improvements on the new hires coming in. Um, but this, this gets back to the conversation that's uh, timely. I'm going this Friday. Uh, with part of the race forward uh, effort to take a look at diversity and equity within our organization. Uh, again, it gets to what are the goals that this council wants to see over this next year? I mean, we could we could plug a percentage for you know a, a whole number of metrics, uh, but I want to make sure they align with what you all want. Okay. And it's it's hard because you know it's not like one uh, one department. And one uh, deliverable-ish uh, it is, is much more broad. But I hear what you're saying. Let me think about that, and I could bring that back into a closed session to have a, a broader conversation and maybe focus in on that some. Yeah, because even like one minor idea that's in my head now is like, you know, when you do, because I'm assuming you do some sort of evaluation for your, especially your assistant city managers and folks under there. So like that could be maybe a component of that evaluation, right? Is like, okay, what are you doing to try to advance these goals? I know I think the African-American Employees Association brought that up directly is like, you know, how do we kind of set the tone throughout? So that's one example is like, you know, when you're checking in with your direct reports, how are you talking to them and what sort of metrics are you setting for them so that they're helping advance those goals? Well, and it doesn't have to be just numbers because obviously that depends on attrition and a whole bunch sure. of other factors but like I think like when the city attorney talked about training or mentorship programs or we're going to increase paid internships like those are just some you know opportunities maybe to explore sure yeah thank you Valenzuela council member Lolowi thank you madam chair um thank you very much um Howard um you know my experience with you and obviously the rest of the team um has been great, uh, considering uh, since I've taken this seat, we've hit one tsunami after another one. You know, um, I think COVID was first, then uh, all the protests downtown, the vandalizing the small businesses in downtown, and, you know, then we get to the, the, the homeless issue, and, um, and I didn't see you mention anything about Measure O, um, you know, the, the heart and dedication that was put into that um, to make sure that 
our, our city doesn't go um, bankrupt, I mean, pretty much. So um, thank you very much for uh, being at, at those meetings and uh, protecting our, our city. Um, you know, the only thing I, I can ask is, my experience has been that you're, you're dealing with nine different individuals, nine different thought processes. And in order for certain things to be done, I think sometimes we need to understand from where we're sitting what's, what makes sense and what doesn't. And so to make sure that yourself and your team um, doesn't spend so much time on things that don't make sense and, and then we come back and deviate and completely change our path to completely another topic or another um, solution to that problem. Um, but again, thank you very much for putting up with all that because I know you, you and I, we, we talk on a regular basis and um, the frustration is definitely there. Um, and I thank you for um, picking the right and qualified individuals um, to run our city, because I think that's the most important thing. Um, I understand the importance of uh, DI, and that's something that is definitely encouraged. But at the end of the day, we have to make sure that we have the most qualified individuals to represent our city. And I thank you very much for doing that, because I, I see your, your team, the assistants, um, they're all dialed in. Um, I see the entire city crew and workers and what have you. And, uh, and I thank you very much for putting up that breakfast uh, for, for, for the team. And I hope that that continues uh, through in the future. So based on that, um, thank you very much uh, for your commitment to our city. Thank you, Mayor Councilmember. Thank you, Councilmember Lolowe and Vice Chair Maple. Yeah, thank you, Chair. Um, I just wanna say, I think that you must have your phone glued to your ear because <laughs> just in the time that I've been here, I know I've called you early in the morning, late at night, in the middle, like, you know, several times a day. We've met in my office. And so I just always really appreciate your um, availability, your willingness to kind of drop things and help me understand um, as I, you know, obviously being new here, uh, learning the internal process, learning who's the right person to go to, understanding the historical context of things that have happened. That's all been really helpful for me and I just really appreciate your, your open communication. Um, and, and then also you have, you know, a really amazing team. Um, that was something that I saw when we visited, you know, the command center during the storms and just seeing all the hard work of the employees. And, you know, I had this fear going in of, oh my God, do we know what we're doing? And then I was like, oh wait, yes, we absolutely know what we're doing. Um, you know, that we, there's TV screens and, you know, signals going off and people going all over the city and what could have been, what was catastrophic um, that we couldn't, you know, we couldn't prevent a catastrophic storm, but what we did was respond very well to it. Um, and so that was just another, a perfect example of how, you know, you like let your team lead, which is, I think, a really great trait of a leader. You're not a micromanager. You're a, um, you let people step up into their positions and lead. Um, and so just wanted to thank you for that and thank you for, you know, all your work. I know it's, uh, it's not easy being in your position. You often are also receiving, you know, vitriol and hate and anger and frustration because um, when we get into these types of positions, that's, that's kind of what we sign up for. Um, but you, you handle it well and with humility. So, and then just one last note, I, I, I really appreciate the priority setting exercise. Uh, I think that's gonna, that's gonna leave our city in a better place than before. It's gonna help us understand each other better. 
um, and help us focus on what, what we what is most important to you know our colleagues and, and and you know I don't know the answer yet but if I had a crystal ball I'd say we probably agree on more than we don't um, and I think it will help us really put all of our energy into the right place um, so that we're not going a thousand different directions so thank you for your leadership on that issue thank you Councilman thank you ma'am uh, thank you uh, council members thank you city manager thank you Howard um, I just want to say ditto to everything else you know when you think about it you have over 5,000 FTE that is a small city in and of itself mm -hmm. um, and you have nine bosses that while I think we could find the top three issues we agree on um, we not are, I, I mean what we're type A I'm not sure any of us are type A and have opinions and nine different opinions of how to turn the light on um, so how you juggle that, um, thank you. Uh, but also I wanna reiterate, not just to you, but to everybody else, remember to take care of yourself. This job is a lot, it is stressful, it is about our city and public safety, but I don't think we say enough, take care of yourself. Because I always say at the end of the day, we, we wanna say, I spent the time with my family, I spent the time with my friends. We as a city will continue to move forward. Like I like to think I'm really important and essential, but I know somebody will take my place. But the skills that our staff bring um, are essential to keeping things going. So we need to make sure that you are not only mentally healthy, but physically healthy. Um, and that goes universally. So thank you for what you do. Um, we will move this on because it'll come to us in closed session uh, before it comes back to city council. But thank you for the time putting it together and thank you for your team being here uh, and listening in because I know it takes all of us doing it together. Thank you. Thanks Howard. All right, moving on to our city <clears throat> treasurer. Hello John. Hi there. I appreciate your comments about uh, staying healthy. My kids always ask me, Dad, why didn't you work in New York and why didn't you do this? And I said, I had the opportunity, son, but I'd rather coach you and be home and do things like that instead of work 60 hours a week. So I appreciate that. So, Mindy, am I good to go? Okay, thank you. Oh, yeah. Okay, good morning, um, Chair Chaplin, members of the committee. My name is John Colville. I'm the treasurer for the city of Sacramento. For context, I've been entering my 20th year at the city, and I've been with uh, the treasurer since 2016. For everyone's benefit, we live over on the third floor over there. No one ever comes to visit. I think the last person was Daryl Fong and Kevin Johnson. So if anyone wants to come visit us, we really enjoy some company. Um, we share it with Leticia. Um, I'm here today to discuss the responsibility of the treasurer's office and some of the many accomplishments the team has produced this last year. I understand this meeting is an element of my personal job assessment, but I would not be effective if I did not have a team of nine professionals who are outstanding in their roles. So if you indulge me as I identify the responsibilities and accomplishments, I want to recognize the individuals who do incredible things for the city. I think it is important for the council and the public to know who these subject matter professionals are. So this slide depicts um, the role of the city treasurer uh, as described by the city charter. The city treasurer shall be responsible for the deposit and investment of all funds of the city treasurer, not made subject to control of others pursuant to this charter. Very bland, very basic. This definition is extremely broad and elementary. But as you will see, the responsibilities of the position have evolved into an office with three separate financial divisions. The banking operations division, debt management, and investment management, all managed by just 10 individuals from a staff of 22 when I started in 2004. 
this slide depicts the, the gender and ethnicity of, and ethnicity of the office. Um, as the slide depicts, the department consists of seven female, three male employees with a racial breakdown that are striving to meet the city's diversity, equity, and inclusion commitment. In addition, two of the three division managers in my office are women. Now let me speak to the outstanding work that these individuals do for the city. And thankfully my division heads are here except for Stacy, who is on vacation, but Kim Gladden. Kim, please stand. Kim is the city's banking operations manager and the whole staff for that division. She has been with the city for nearly, she has been the year for nearly 23 years as a citywide lead program manager and principal liaison between the city's business units and the city's banking vendor. She monitors over 70 merchant accounts with 3.5 million transactions annually, grossing more than $186 million. During COVID and since, she has facilitated more online payment services due to the lack of public counter operations but increased gross sales by 22% over the previous year. Kim is also responsible and coordinate and co-led the annual PCI compliance audit, which ensures that all credit card information received by residents is secure and, and unavailable to uh, others. During the year, she also negotiated and renewed the banking contract, which reduced the overall cost of the city. As you recall, that that's was a, uh, an item we, we talked about in December when we looked at non-fossil fuel um, other banking institutions went through a whole exercise, worked with outside agencies and found that there was no one able to handle the same requirements that we need and Kim spearheaded that. Um, Kim worked with Councilmember Valenzuela and members of the community to explore the public bank concept and is currently writing the soon to be issued RFQ. In addition, she partnered with the finance to establish a citywide wire transfer policy to help eliminate fraud and renew the city's armored car service contract. Kim's attention to detail, strong communication skills, and resourcefulness enable her to effectively manage the city's entire banking operations by herself. Thank you, Kim. She's awesome. Uh, the debt management division manages approximately $1.8 billion of outstanding debt issued by the city, various financing authorities, and the redevelopment agency successor agency. Additionally, any debt issued by the Aggie Square Enhanced Infrastructure Financing District or the Rail Yards EIFD will be managed by this division. Brian Wong, again with us, is the manager of this division and has also been with the city for 20 plus years. He and his team of Claudia Laura and Ellen Hunt are responsible for all aspects of debt issuance, which includes debt service, payments and financial reporting, disclosure to bondholders and rating agencies, rating agency presentations, pre and post debt analysis, financial modeling to determine bonding feasibility and managing the entire debt process. Accomplishments for this team include this year was a $10 million CFD for the Delta Shores, a $30 million CFD for the rail yard, a CFD rating upgrade, an affirmation of all other city debt, which is incredible given the given COVID and the, and the downfall, uh, downturn in the economy that the city has maintained its, its debt level with a stable um, outlook. Coordination with DOU for their designated reserve policy that the council approved uh, just this last quarter. Updating the TOT forecast to determine the feasibility of issuing additional TOT bonds for eligible projects. And as you know, Measure N expanded the use of those TOT proceeds. Worked with SHRA, the city manager and city attorney to develop the middle income housing bond policy. That was kind of the brainchild of, of council member Valenzuela and, count, and council member of my thing and also assisted with the parking division to determine the financial feasibility of new parking garage in the rail yards and work with the DU to review their rate model. 
Brian is an exceptional asset for the city, and there is no other individual that I would entrust to meet the very important responsibilities that are required of this position. No one works harder, and I mean nobody works harder, or is committed to their craft more than Brian Wong, and I'm grateful to have him as part of my team. Thanks, Brian. Investments. The investment team is, is headed by Stacy Hussey, who is on vacation right now, and, who man and they manage the city pool A, the SHRA pool A, as well as investments, endowments, trusts, and the Sacramento City Employees Retirement System. This investment team of two portfolio managers and two operations specialists manage and account for over $2 billion in assets, a gigantic feat for just four individuals. Stacy and I worked together at California State Teachers Retirement System. I knew I needed a strong investment person to succeed me as the chief investment officer, so I coaxed Stacy to join the team and has been the best hiring decision I ever made. The results of her team speak for herself and her skill. Patrick Zalaski, the senior investment officer, is responsible for the $1.6 billion in City Pool A funds. This portfolio is consistently ranked in the top tier of California cities in terms of yield, in addition to outpacing the state's local agency investment fund. This outperformance is equated to about $5.7 million in additional income every year. So Mac Worthy, if you want to come talk to me about us not knowing how to do it, talk to Patrick. He knows exactly what he's doing. I hope he's watching, because I'm tired of that comment. <laughs> Uh, back to Stacy. Stacy actively manages the $250 million SCURS portfolio. For many of you, SCURS is a closed defined benefit program that was established for the cities for employees hired prior to 1978. Currently, there's only one active employee left. Um, like the Pool A results, the portfolio has outperformed admirably. The fiscal year, the portfolio returned 10.23% versus the assumed actual assumption of 6%. This funding status of the system is nearly 100% compared to CalPERS and CalSurge, which are about 72 to 73%. To give context, the SCURS plant outperformed CalPERS this year by over 4.5%. It's outperformed them on a five-year average return of 1% and over a 10-year, a half percent. Pretty impressive results for a staff of two investment officers in comparison to CalPERS' extensive resources. The city treasurer's office also manages $9 million in endowment funds. Um, we manage money for the Ann Land Bertha Hinchel Fund, which is for Sacramento's poor, as Councilmember Maple would know, the Hart Endowment Fund for seniors, and the George Clark Scholarship Fund for high school seniors. Shirley Topaz and Katie Nguyen, both 20-year employees as well. I'm 20, and I think I'm in the, mid, the median of how many, how many um, years people have worked in my office. Um, ensure all trades are settled, all cash is transferred, all positions are reconciled on a daily basis. This is a yeoman's workload completed by two very knowledgeable and invaluable staff members who ensure regulatory compliance and transparency. I think this is a very important slide because it shows the, the, the ad that our staff um, provides in form of um, investment performance and department revenues. It, it's, it depicts the additional value the staff has added for the fiscal year from both investment returns and management fee re revenue and salary savings. We've added $17 million in investment performance relative to our peers in this six, nearly $6 million in department operations. We are a revenue source. We create revenue. We're not expenses. Please note the vacancy savings. We have uh, four FTEs vacant. It's now down to three. And those are at the mayor's request since we, we want to return that money back to the general fund. So he's asked me if we can maintain our staffing level so we can generate, uh, send back that $360,000 back to the general fund. Finally, um, my goal is uh, for 23 and 20, or the next coming fiscal year, and I'll do it division-wise. Banking, we're going to 
as I mentioned before, issue the RFQ for the public bank and hopefully move forward with the feasibility on that. Uh, Kim's going to work with DOU in implementing a digital bill payment solution, and she's going to complete and implement a citywide banking policy and procedure to streamline workflow and mitigate risk. On the debt side, Brian's team is going to complete the refunding of a new Natomas um, bonds to, to realize an estimate saving of $4 million. Chair Chaplin, Kaplan, you might want to be interested in that. We're going to save $4 million, which is going to equate to about $50 a, a year on uh, property taxes for the members of that community. We're also going to complete the partial refunding of the water revenue refunding bonds, hoping to save about 6 to $10 million for that, that fund. We're going to issue additional bonds for uh, CFD for the Greenbrier, an area of improvement number one. And uh, again, we're going to do an additional issuance for bonds at Delta Shores for the area west of uh, Highway 5. And then we're going to hopefully in, in this year um, facil facilitate the issuance of additional TOT bonds so that we can work on Old Sacramento, uh, uh, Councilman Vang's 125 acres, and Councilman Guerra's Granite Regional Park. So, and whatever other activities that fall within the new constraints of uh, the TOT um, usage. And investments, aside from continuing the excellence in, in performance, we're going to transition the tre Treasury Accounting Management System um, so the investment staff will have real-time information so they'll be able to make more effective decisions. Um, and finally, we continue to work with the council and city manager to find financing solutions to, for affordable housing projects, climate initiatives, economic development, such as Aggie Square and Rail Yards, and other strategic objectives. So I will refer to you, as, as the chair said, refer to the staff reports that are, that are contained regarding the responsibilities and accomplishments. Also is the linkage that, that we keep referring to Councilmember Carr, and, and Councilmember Jennings was very involved in that as well, um, for the, um, identifies the standards for which my position was, was reviewed before. So with that, and I will answer Councilmember Maples proactively, as Howard does. Howard is very succinct in that. Um, challenges. Well, as, as you know, I have 10 employees. Seven of us have been here 20-plus years and are at that age where, you know, we're going to make lifetime decisions. So um, doing succession planning is really a, a critical fact. I'm meeting with um, CityU. Um, when I come, I'll be on vacation next week following that to, to talk about they're trying to implement a program or trying to do some educating on how I can better um, work towards succession plan when, when half the department's going to leave. Because we really haven't hired. We hired a new employee re just recently in the last three months, but we haven't done it. There's no turnover in my department. I have such institutional knowledge that it's going to be difficult to, to really build upon that when everyone starts to leave. Um, another challenge um, is trying to make the electeds understand the financial situation of the city. Not to be... <laughs> critical, but sometimes people see only the four years that they're here, or the six years. My job and Howard's and Laney's and all of us, we need to look perpetually, you know, it's a perpetuity that this, this city has to be involved in. So um, I'm thankful that, that um, other members, the predecessors of yours, have put in constraints where we have to do stress tests and we have to, there's a limitation on, on uh, what we can issue. That, that's made my job a little easier, me, me saying no a little easier, um, which isn't always easy. Um, as far as what you can do more for me, I think I look, my world is very mi macro. So uh, when, when Sean brought something to me just last week, I need you folks to bring things to me that are important to you in your districts because I'm, 
I look at things at the big picture. I, I, you know, when I'm going to issue TOT bonds, I'm looking at a corpus. I'm not looking at where it needs to be spent. So I need you to tell me, hey, I want this in my division or district and things like that. So I think it's just to, you know, because I live, we live over there, and we're kind of secluded from everybody, and we don't, you know, if we don't make the papers, that's a good thing. So, you know, and I don't have constant dialogue with you folks, and, and, and that's not necessary. But I mean, but when you come up with great ideas, I really like to, because my, my staff is great at solving problems. We really are. I mean, we built the Goldman Center. We built a convention center. We did Powerhouse Science Center when they said we couldn't do it. You know, and things, when people present obstacles, we find solutions. So that's all I got to say. I don't, talk, I don't usually talk that much. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. You can ask a question. I'm ready. No. I have a daughter who's going to college this year, so I'm kind of a... This is what the next generation looks like. So ask, ask that question. Jacob, are there any public comments? Thank you, Chair. Uh, I have no hands raised for public comment. All right. Thank you. And this is my daughter, Viva, everyone, incoming fifth grader. Um, now, turning over to council comments. Um, I don't know if I left it. Is it... Are you up, Vice Chair Maple, or is it Valenzuela? Okay, I didn't press next speaker. So, uh, Council Member Valenzuela. Thank you, Chair, um, and thank you, John, for that presentation. Um, when you see it in total like that, I realize how often I've worked with your office this year, and so just really thankful um, and really excited about the public banking, but everything from the CMFA financing, which was a totally new structure, to the fossil fuel investments. Um, I, I think as a freshman on the Regional Sanitation Committee, I got put on the Investment Committee, which was really fun. I learned a lot. Um, and what's interesting is when I ask these private individuals different questions, like, well, this is what I hear from the city, or this is that they're like oh no no the city's totally different they're doing things are totally great like they're good you know like I like, don't like you can't compare what we're doing to what they're doing because they're different in a good way you know like you're managing your reputation and your team's reputation really is known in the financial sector as being responsible as being proactive as being really good fiscal stewards smart savvy and and that's not an easy thing to find I think like somebody mentioned this to me and I don't remember if they were talking specifically about you but they're basically like it's really hard to find someone who's really good and super complex systems management and innovation. Like those two are usually like different people. And what I see with you and your team is that you're you're both, you know, you're able to manage the intricate spreadsheets of all these different financing and figure out a new way to pay for some new cool exciting thing and that is just really unique. So I appreciate that you're focused on succession planning because when you mentioned those numbers that really panicked me a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> like you can't lose that many people. So I'm glad you're thinking ahead if we can help you. I appreciate that your generosity and not filling the vacant FTE, but it feels like that might be a strategic thing to re-examine in the near future. So I just hope you'll keep us apprised of that because obviously we don't want to end up in a situation where someone's postponing retirement or someone retires and feels like all the work that you've been doing for the last few decades for the city is potentially at risk because someone's coming in who isn't familiar with those systems and those programs. So just want to re-emphasize that. And yeah, I appreciate you highlighting the need to say no sometimes. You always are the guy who gets called in the room to try to figure out how to pay for stuff. And I know you've been in a few battles as recently as last year trying to say like, yeah. nope, sorry, we just can't do it. Um, so I just appreciate that you're defending the city and still willing to have the conversation even when it has to be no so that we can understand what the constraints are. So thank you for all that. And you answered my questions already on goals. So um, thank you. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, because I've noticed the evolution of the council. People are a little more 
business savvy and understand that there's budgets and there's constraints and there's there's limitations. So I mean, there's shiny things that everybody wants, but uh, there's a longevity for the payment stream. And well, we live in the city and we plan on keep living in the city, right. so we don't want to do anything that's going to tank us for sure. So thank your team for um, keeping us focused on that because that's literally the bread and butter of how the city runs is how we pay for things. So thank you. You're very welcome, Councilwoman, Councilmember Lolowe. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, John, thank you so much. Uh, thank you, and obviously your team. Um, when you added up the, the, the amount of experience, it's extremely impressive and um, from one end, and it's extremely concerning how you know everybody's thinking, well, what's the next chapter? Um, and I appreciate that you're looking into this to make sure that we have um, a robust team in the, in the future. And I really want to thank you and also encourage you because finance is, is very complicated. You know, we, we have a tendency of saying, let's just get it. And let's just throw a bond in there. Let's get a bond, you know. And I think it's very important uh, from your office, and I really appreciate that you've done that, where you've said, no, we cannot do it, that it's going to hurt the city. And it's those statements that emphasizes how committed you are to the city and how uh, committed you are to your office and how you see the future rather than just today. So I really appreciate that. Um, and um, thank you. It's, it's been a progression. It really has, uh, Council Member, because you know, when I started this job seven years ago, my background was investments. I've done investment for 25 years. I didn't really have budget experience. I did, certainly didn't have bond issuance, and, and Brian's a superstar, and, and he's the one who reads the spreadsheets, and he determines the value. But as you grow comfortable in the position, you go comfortable with yourself, more com confident in yourself, and that's what's really moved. Plus, I have Lainey yelling at me all the time saying we can't afford things. So she, her and I have kind of the, 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 two <laughs> the two individuals that, you know, really look out for the for the financial responsibility. So yeah, I've grown in the position, you know, I've, I've, I'm not so wishy-washy anymore. I now, you know, I'm, I'm very black and white and I, cause that's, which is plus I'm 55. Important. So, you know, I'm, I'm at that level where, you know, if you don't like it, I'm sorry. You know? That's the truth. <laughs> but it, it is very important because as I said, when we sit here, it's something that we want. Yeah. And, um, you know, sitting here, it's very simple, right? We all think, well, $1.6 billion revenue. Oh, I want a $50 million whatever. Yeah, it's but, only $4 million a year. It's only right. $5 million a year. But if you look at you know, revenues and expenses, I mean, that's So it takes someone is... like you to come and say, no, it, that's not going to happen because of these reasons. So I really appreciate that in you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Councilmember Lolowe, Vice Chair Maple. Thank you, Chair. Um, I just want to say, well, we haven't had uh, much of an opportunity to speak, but um, I really do look forward to coming coming and visiting you because I haven't spent a whole lot of time in historic City Hall since uh, my Ann Landon Bertha Henschel days. Yes. So, <laughs> so I'm happy to do that. And I just wanted to say, I meant to mention this during uh, when the city attorney was speaking, but uh, for both of you, just the, the longevity of your of your staff is, is amazing. Uh, I remember when I first met with your team and met with your team, and um, I asked everyone to say, how long have you been? Uh, with the city, and it was just really impressive to hear so many people say 20 years, 23 years, 25 years, and uh, I think that speaks to your leadership. It also speaks to people who really love the city 
and who want to who want to work for it and want to make sure that we have a good strong financial future. So I appreciate that because sometimes we're the ones we're, we are the ones that are pushing that saying, hey, let's make this happen, and that's our job. Um, but we also need people on the other end to say this is what's possible um, and here's what's not possible. Uh, so really appreciate that, and also appreciate you um, seeing what your challenges and what the help needed are because. Uh, that's going to help me uh, as I grow in this position too over the years to help support you and, and everyone else, um, you know, that, that reports to us to make sure that we're, we want to make you successful as well. So thank just you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I just want to echo the, the thank you. I appreciate it. I think we all as elected officials, we want to do everything. And as the city manager says, there's only so much to do. Um, but we need, you know, almost like a toddler, we need gates. Um, and you are very good at defining the gates and where we have money and where we don't have money. But I am, having done budget and planning for a long time, um, I'm of mind, this isn't four years. This isn't, it's really the 10, 15 years out. And how do we look at things? Well, we might do one year budget cycle. That, that drives me nuts. We really, it's like minimum of a three or a four year and what does retirement investments look like? How do we keep the city running? You know, how do we keep with you know the the auditing standards and and the investment standards, um, which is a lot. And you're right. Um, we when we get elected, we are not necessarily trained in budget and investments and what all of that means. So, um, I I say kudos to you on telling us no. Um, I appreciate that, but I also appreciate. As my other council members mentioned, the forethought of you've got amazing experience in your office, but what does that next generation look like? Because um, I think where we'll get like a, a misstep in this city is not thinking about the future and not thinking about the next generation where we're going to lose that experience um, and just the built-in knowledge. So you're right because I haven't had to worry about it. You know, I. My folks can make more money elsewhere. My investment officer could make twice as much money working in CalPERS, and she does a better job. But they want to be here, and that's what makes it great. So thank you. It, it is a testament to you and the leadership within the treasurer's office, and I know we are all better together. And again, as I said to our city manager, it matters. This matters. Our kids, mm -hmm. our next generation. So uh, make sure that uh, family comes first. I know our city's our family, but but always uh, family first. So appreciate you. Excellent. Thank you. All right. Now moving on to thank you for your patience. Dr. Watson um, is our city council appointee uh, to the Director Office of Public Safety and Accountability. So the dais is yours. Good morning, it's almost good afternoon. I promise that I'm not going to take up a lot of time. A great deal of this information you all heard last month. So OPSA or the Office of Public Safety Accountability is very narrow focused compared to what you all have heard before me. So I would say that, I won't repeat everything, I'll just say overall our job is to try um, to work toward change and improvement of our public safety divisions. And so it can bring some controversial uh, issues, and, and we've seen that uh, last month. But overall, um, the most important thing is, is helping our employees, especially our uh, public safety professionals, have all the tools that they need and necessary in order to make them safe as well as our community members. And that's really the mission of OPSA. Um, OPSA has worked pretty, pretty hard uh, to ensure that 
we combine the models. Um, one set model um, across the country, some organizations have oversight and accountability that only focuses on one thing. The city of Sacramento has done a great job to try to combine the models so that we focus on a myriad of things and we cover several. So not only do we focus on the review of complaints and, and allegations of misconduct, but we've added that investigative focus as well um, and also added that compliance as well. So when you put all those together, we're trying to make sure that any blind spots that our, our chief of police or our fire chief has, that we have the ability to objectively come in and look at what it is that we're currently doing, what are best practices across this country or internationally, and then how do we move forward to making that work for the city of Sacramento. We saw this last month where there is a multitude of things that we're responsible for. Trying to accomplish all these goals is, is very difficult, especially um, in any given year for 2022 and then for most of 2023, having uh, only three full-time staff members is very hard to accomplish. Um, but as I said last month, is we, we have a, a mighty team, and so we work several hours a day trying to make sure that we fulfill our goals um, to the best of our ability. And so moving forward, What we want to try to achieve is overall increases in productivity, not only in quantity and review of cases, but also quality, something that is really gonna be meaningful to our public safety divisions. I made sure that I followed the instructions to the T. So I took out all of the information and just put the template in for an evaluation form for the director of this position, of course, uh, there are numerous goals that uh, we've achieved for 2022 and then uh, some lofty goals that we have for 2023. But the main thing was is to get a template in place that is specific to what a director in this position is, is expected to do. And then also to seek feedback and input on what it is that you all expect for a person in my position to do. And so I think that that covers overall everything and to council member uh, Maple's uh, question to everyone so she didn't have to repeat herself because you all have been sitting up there quite a long time. I'll just say, uh, of course, we talked about it. Staffing is, is very difficult and it's remained um, stagnant um, in this office. We already have a plan for that. We come back next month to you all and, and present what it looks like or what we believe is gonna be necessary to review all allegations of misconduct, not only from fire, but from police as well. Um, as far as what we need, uh, we'll, we'll continue to need support because it's just an inherent um, nature of being in oversight and accountability where there's controversy, there's resistance, there's barriers, and then just trying to change the mindset. That's gonna be the biggest thing when you talk about oversight and accountability. Um, the mindset should be working to help everyone improve and make the city the quality of living higher or as high as we can. And that should minimize the allegations that come in as we improve how we handle business and how we interact with our community members. And any questions you have, I'm here to answer for you. Jacob, are there any public comments? <laughs> Thank you, Chair. I have no hands raised uh, for public comment. Thank you. Now turning over to Council Members, Council Member Valenzuela. Thank you. Um, 
Sorry, I'm sitting here talking to myself. Um, thank you. Uh, and I know we still have a lot of conversations to have both about staffing and about staffing at the police commission. And the mayor and I have talked about an ordinance that would come through law and ledge potentially on that. So I'll leave those to the side. Um, and just thank you for the work um, that you've been doing and the team that you've managed to assemble. They're excellent professionals and I've had great time interacting with all of them. I will say that an objective, which I know won't be new to you because I believe the mayor's brought it up to you before around building community relationships. You came in during COVID. Yeah. I sympathize. Not a great time to meet new people and say, hi, who I am? What do I do? Um, and obviously, since the last um, audit presentation, I know I've gotten several inquiries from community members who were like, hey, wait a minute. Who is this office? I'd like to meet this person. So um, definitely just want, I know you've met with some of those folks, and I really appreciate that. And I just want to make sure that you keep building that relationship because so the community trusts, you know, that if they have a concern that they know they can come to you and that you're what your office's function is. Um, but that's kind of my main Point of feedback. Thank you for filling out the template. No problem. The phones have not <laughs> stopped ringing. They you get gold star. If we had gold star stickers, I'd give you one. Now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Councilmember Valenzuela, Vice Chair Maple. Thank you. Um, well, I just want to start off. Uh, it's been uh, it's been great getting to know you uh, over just in the last few months since I've been in office, and I always uh, particularly appreciate your open, honest communication. Um, it's 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 great to know that you you always give the good, bad, and the ugly, um, and I think that's really important for the work that you're doing and, and the work that we have to do as a city. Um, as I mentioned earlier, with the the city auditor, um, transparency and sunshine is something that not only I think is important, but that um, our constituents and community members expect from us. Um, and and it's more so um, every year that goes on. So the more that we can be ahead of the curve, I think that we're going to set ourselves up for success and our communities up for success. Um, I really appreciate uh, your comments. I didn't even think about that, but I think that that's, that's such a good idea. And I'm sure all of us would be willing to, to partner on community events and get people out um, to just have people make sure people know. And then uh, I appreciated that you brought up that staffing retention. Everybody did. And I know that's a big challenge, not just in government sphere, but in the private sector as well and everywhere. Um, but I think that most people, if you ask them about uh, what your office does, they would expect that we do review all cases that would probably be the baseline assumption that people would have. And so they'd probably be surprised to know that, we, that we're not able to um, because of, of staffing and, and resources. And so um, I appreciate you bringing that up and I, I hope that we can work together to, to make that happen. Thank you. Thank you, council members. And thank you again, Dr. Watson. Um, I know it's the little things, but you know, <clears throat> I'm gonna call out. You know, attorneys, we never listen. So Susanna, you get you get a, you get a free pass. But uh, the ladies um, do do listen and, and, and follow through um, because it is easy in putting it in templates and moving and taking it in that next form. And for um, the audience who who may be listening to us geek out a little bit about our staff and our directors, Dr. Watson is directly. Um, hired by the city council. So not under any charter officer. Um, so she comes to us in closed session. We are collectively her bosses, um, but it's the same evaluation process. Um, and you know, I am, I am thankful for the work that you do. It is not easy. There's inherent tension and conflict, but I always say in conflict, if we're willing to create relationships and cross bridges, we can find a road and a path forward. And so I am always that glass is half full uh, that we can potentially get there. So thank you for what you do. Um, this 
gosh, does this go on to council for, I think it does come forward for council for adoption and then we'll come into closed session uh, for evaluation. So again, thank you so much for being here today um, and coming in front of us and being patient as uh, we ran over a little bit, but this has been so important to, to get done. So thank you, Dr. Watson. Thank you all for your time. And then um, item seven, I just want to say, um, Lachelle Dozier is actually at a presentation for the county right now, uh, presenting items, and that's why her, her item is a little different, because her position at SHRA is um, both a city and a county appointed position. And what I love is actually going through and reading the report, because six of us are new and have not been part of that process. Her evaluation is the appointment of two city council members and two county supervisors who come together, review, evaluate. So um, what my call is going to be is going to be asking the mayor to uh, appoint those two individuals um, to then work with the county and then have uh, uh, Ms. LaDozier, uh, Ms. Dozier on the same schedule as everybody else. Kind of we look at July-esque summertime for evaluation so that um, because you know it is the uh, Sacramento Housing and Redevelopment Agency and I know uh, without a doubt a, a top item for all of us nine in, in the council as well as the county um, in knowing about affordable housing housing and how can we build more so um, I will we will take her report as an information item but that's the next step so that the council knows I will be asking the mayor to start the process that's already been set up so with that, uh, are there any public comments for items not on the agenda? Thank you, Chair. I have no hands raised. Awesome. Well, I'm sorry I was seven, 16 minutes over, but um, would you? I would like to now call this meeting adjourned at 12:16. Thank you.